I don't care if you're burning Confederate flags and monuments all night. If you up, smash that like button. Welcome to Black of the Black Times Infinity. I'm your host, Cthulhu's Prodigy, coming to you live and direct from the stack. Smoke me out, fam, with that dang shit on my left. Stitch. What's up, what's up? It's, uh, we're still living in the revolution. On my far right, engineering on the ones and twos, choking people out on threes and fours, chronos. The future belongs to those that prepare today. Oh, last but not least, we got your boy, Old Ninja. One day you're a follow, follower of Cthulhu, the next day you're an Oathbreaker. It'd be like that sometimes. That's so personal. It's so personal. How dare you? Oh, this is uh, back up in here. Huh. Uh, your audios are all low, but they're high in my headphones. Talk again? Anybody? One, two, one, two. Yeah. Let's get it. Fuck. All right. I think it's. Oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Pitching in post. I just got to turn my headphones down. There we go. Mm-hmm. All right, I can say you guys now. Let's gotta okay. turn it up on this end. Okay. Yeah. Um, last week, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Holy shit. Uh, good news is um, that was probably one of our most listened to podcasts as far as like t- the time goes like we have nice. a lot of listens as far as you know seven days goes and that was uh surprising to me mm-hmm. um keeps me hopeful that people want to hear stuff like this um i don't know if the podcast is always going to be talking about just a soul you know subject like that in the future but we might talk about just the same issues today i don't know but we'll see where this goes but um, thank you for supporting us, and uh, y- y'all got blessed, if you believe in blessings, which I don't. It's all good. Um, <laughs> dropped more content in the past seven days than I think we have done either ever or in a real fucking long time, outside of a convention. Yeah, I was going to say, some cons we do it, but yeah. Yeah, we dropped I, what, We dropped a bunch of my rants. We dropped some generational knowledge on you motherfuckers. We dropped... Uh, what else we there's something else that we got out there too a couple of oh I finally broke up some videos because like the last yeah, podcast that we did was, was yeah it was three hours and forty five minutes which is like that's a Joe Rogan podcast and mm-hmm. people were listening to it and so I decided to break it up into into some chunks and that's got some really good stuff too so uh, so thank you y'all hell yeah uh, don't we, do we have a listener of uh, of the week oh shit I forgot to bring all this stuff up give me one second give me some uh, give me some time. Yeah, no worries. Um, while he's, do- while he's doing all of- with us shortly, if you're wondering where Blue's at. Yeah, yeah, he'll be here in a minute. Hopefully. Um, why are we? Okay, so listener of the week would be Muhammad. Thank you very much for for listening. You know, it's hilarious. So a, a guy I went to high school with, who was also a uh, a DJ for a local radio station, uh, one hundred six point five. He listened, oh, right on. He listened a few times, so his, his name came up because he listened on SoundCloud. So, thank you. Nice. He knows who. Well, I'll just say, say, say his first name, Mark. Thank you very much for listening. All right, where are we going, guys? Oh, and all right, uh, old ninja. Sorry. You know, you know hold the on, routine. Hold on, hold on. I fucked up. First in the chat. Nobody's there yet. All right, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> did, did y'all? All right, old ninja. Did, did we tweet? Uh, put it on Facebook. I'll tweet it right now. But go ahead. Uh, so, I guess the next part we are pouring out some uh, King Cobra 
for uh, Body Pointer. Uh, real name Patricia Eva Pointer, one of the Pointer Sisters. Um, if you don't know, they're a very popular uh, R&B and soul group from the 80s. If you've ever seen any of the um, Beverly Hills Cop movies, they basically did the, uh, the theme song for those films. Uh, she was 69 from West Oakland. So, R.I.P. to her. That's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. You, you know, in these days and times, you gotta ask uh, any any uh, cause of death that's semi-rona related, or or no. So so far, her death is um, to be determined. I guess she died on the eighth, which was two days from two days prior to this podcast. So, R.I.P. Man, rest in, rest in power to her. Um, was there, was, you, what, I was going to say, what's our run of death count? I, I, last I saw was 112, I thought. It's over okay. 110, I know. There's probably way more than that now. Yeah, we got <laughs> well, 112,000 is what you mean, right? Yeah. yeah. But the actual, you know, like, we have over 2 million people now infected, which is pretty insane. Yeah. And in some areas, like Texas, North Carolina, sadly, even uh, California and, and Arizona... Cases are going up. A lot of folks yeah, yeah. were partying fucking hard over Memorial Day. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, these cases are going up, which is really sad to see. Yeah. And I, I just want people to understand that the numbers that you are most likely seeing now are from people just going crazy from Memorial Day. Not the protesting shit. That, those numbers we'll see probably reflected in a couple weeks. Well, yeah, it's like these people that are saying, oh, you know, well... Even with, with the protesting, why are we seeing the numbers go up? Motherfucker, because it takes, like, time to, to have symptoms. And, like, usually all these, you know, coronavirus cases that you're seeing are people that are, are symptomatic. You know, it's probably way more than that that are that people that are not symptomatic. So, I don't know. We'll see. But then we also have some positive news, potentially, from the World Health Organization, where they were saying that if you're asymptomatic, you're likely, less likely to actually pass the disease on to somebody else. That's potentially good news, but... We'll yep. see. This is a very strange disease, and I, I hope that that's the case, and I hope that, you know, this we get through this a little bit faster, but, I mean, in the meantime, I'm still staying at home for the most part. Even though today, yeah. I picked I picked up comics today for the first time in a while. Oh, nice. I was expecting a $500 bill, but I got lucky because during the whole time that we had the coronavirus, um, comics actually stopped shipping, stopped shipping for a couple of months. Yep. So my bill was only $230. <laughs> so finally picked them up and then yeah. uh, apparently I guess DC Comics is dropping Diamond Distributor which yeah. is huge if you're a comic person but Diamond's mm -hmm. been fucking up if anybody that knows about Diamond Distributors and if you're a regular subscriber to comic books y'all know that at least in the Bay Area Diamond's been fucking up so no it's national is it national I can only speak locally so yeah. it's national then yeah yeah, there you go. Did, did you uh, did you find a, a, a listener of the week? I already said it. Time oh, I'm sorry, bro. I, I understand it's your birthday and you're fucking forty now, but Jesus Christ! <laughs> all, all, all of a sudden, you're fucking, you're forgetting shit. Happy birthday! I do. Prodigy. I do. Happy Thank birthday, you. Man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, what we got a really awesome fucking list this week, just like we always fucking do for y'all. Uh, where do you guys want to go first? Because there's been breaking news even today. Well, there's been, I think there's something me and Stitch want to talk about, um, but obviously everybody can, can weigh in on, on this subject, but it's about defunding the police. Do you want to start there? Or you want to start somewhere somewhere happier? 
The last podcast is kind no, of depressing. That, no, that's, uh, that's very... Uh, uh, in the news. Yeah, that's a hot issue in the, in the news today. I want to hear what you guys got to say, and I'll weigh in as well. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous, but I'll, I'll let Stitch uh, line it up. Can you line it up, Stitch? Uh, well, after the whole protest and uh, death of George Floyd, we've been uh, seeing signs and uh, the outcry for departments to be defunded, police departments to, to be defunded. And um, it's starting to get a, a lot more momentum and become more of a mainstream talking point. And all of a sudden it just became a popular saying, oh, the police need to be defunded, the police need to be defunded. Um, when you hear that, you kind of think like, well, what, the, what, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean defund the police? The, like, you, you have to have a police department. And then shortly thereafter, when the whole talk of defunding the police came, came about, we actually saw that the city council of Minneapolis, uh, nine of their, I believe, 11 members or nine of their 13 members yeah. uh, pledged that they would uh, vote towards abolishing their police department. You're talking about the city uh, council? Yeah. Yes, the city. Yeah, yeah, the city council from Minnesota. So, I mean, hearing all this stuff is just like crazy, radical to me because um, I, I don't. At first, I didn't know what they meant by first of all defunding the police, and then abolishing the police. I mean, in theory, you can't not have the police, and crime would run rampant, and we'd run around like purge. It's happened before. But, uh, like places have done it. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, upon further research. And being like, okay, well, what do you mean by the by, first of all, defunding the police? Um, and I think we put out a, a tweet, or Chronos put out a tweet in terms of probably the better word, even though it wouldn't fit properly on a sign, yeah. is saying like reallocation of funds, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of city budgets for the police and everything. Most of your police departments' budgets are a huge majority of your actual city budget. Um, if we were just and I'm just pulling numbers just to keep them even. Let's say your city budget is like $100 million and you are spending, let's say, 65 of it just towards police services itself. Uh, people are just like, at this point, they're like, yo, it's obviously not working. We need to go back to the drawing board. We need to take money away from that from the budget that we have going towards the police department and start putting it into other resources like education, uh, social services, uh, health, health, um, mental health uh, studies and programs, and that's what they are implying and, and uh, rallying for when they are saying defund the police. Yeah, it's just uh, just saying defund the police, like you said before. It's just like it's kind of doing the whole movement a disservice because it's like it's it's a way more nuanced and complicated issue that. You can't. It's it's difficult to break it down into just like two words, or I guess three words: defund the police. Um, yeah, it's. I don't think people understand the amount of stuff that police officers. Actually, I think this would be this would actually help a lot of the police departments because we're actually asking, as far as I'm concerned, way too much from most police departments. Um, and and it goes back to like um, the Reagan era, really, when they when they decided to to defund um, certain projects like. Um, like mental health organizations, they, they defunded like a lot of that. That's when we saw like uh, all these mental health organizations getting shut down, a lot of mental health facilities getting shut down, and that, you know, greatly contributed to the rise of mental health issues in America because 
you know, if you're having a mental health crisis right now, what happens? You, know, you call 911, they're going to send a cop to you. You know, yes, some, some sort of law enforcement officer to you. But that's probably not really what you need. You know, what you need is a mental health professional. You know, or, or somebody's homeless on the streets. You know, do they need a police officer or do they need somebody that is uh, that specializes in, you know, homeless services? You know, uh, if, if somebody is having um, any sort of at-home issues, do you need a police officer or do you need a social worker? You know, it's it's stuff like that, and you know, if you have any issues with like um, just people just not being educated enough, or you know, all these there's myriad of issues. I think we we put too much emphasis on um, police officers enforcing the law and not enough on crime prevention. And I think mm-hmm. if we invested back in the community to actually have sort of uh, some sort of crime prevention, you, you, we would need less police officers. We would need, um, you know. We would let them get back to doing what they should be doing, which is enforcing uh, certain laws. And I think that we, we have broadened the, the scope of which laws they should be enforcing upon. You know, and this goes back into even like the war on drugs. Like if, if somebody has drugs on them, me personally, I don't really give a shit. Unless you're high in public and like causing a scene or trying to hurt somebody, you know, I don't, I don't really care. You can, you can get high all you want. I don't know why this all of a sudden became... Uh, a societal issue because somebody decided decides to take a break from reality you know what i mean and, and calling the police on them to arrest them and put in in this you know this prison system that's not going to help them at all you know and, and they come out you know worse than they went in because our the state of our prisons today it's not about rehabilitation it's about punishment and so we have people that go in there we have people that go into jail right now because they're poor or because yep. laws are written to put them in jail, you know what I mean? Like with certain drug laws, which we went over last, you know, last podcast. And I think that none of people really think about it because it takes, um, I don't want to say a higher thought level, but it kind of does. Like it's, it's not, it's something that you need to really think about and not just be like criminals bad, but it's like, well, which criminals are bad? You know? Yeah. It's like, who do you really consider a criminal? If somebody's doing something in their own house, I don't give a fuck if somebody's a crackhead, be a crackhead in your own house. What I don't want to yeah. see is me walking out of my door with my daughter and some crackhead asking me, you know, for money. You know, or I got these two cheeseburgers. I'll suck your dick or some shit. You know what I mean? Like the whole cliche. <laughs> That's not... But if you want to get high, and, and, you know, in your own house, I don't, I don't care. Because this is what... I'm going to tell you a secret right now that has to do with uh, professionals in, in, in America right now. Uh, especially in the IT community. And just any any professional. Like, they're all doing drugs. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, if you're in a, in a high-stakes field like i am uh, a lot of folks even though i'm not doing it but a lot of folks are using some sort of a- amphetamine to, to stay on top and i don't have a problem with that with that uh, like i just don't do it because i don't like being fucking hyper you know what i mean yeah. um but the amount of folks that are on uh, uh not ritalin but there's a whole bunch of like drugs out there that they that they're adderall. adderall that's the one yeah a whole bunch of folks that are in my field that are doing adderall and that's an amphetamine mm-hmm. But you're yep. telling me that you're fine with them doing Adderall, which is amphetamine, but if somebody's doing meth, you got a problem with that. Like, this is what I'm talking about. This thing. There's, like, a societal line that we drew that's totally arbitrary, and it, it's geared towards people that are, you know, that meet a certain income level. Because if you can, if you have, you know, health services, it, it, you know, if you have a, a high-paying high paying job and you have health insurance, then you can get your Adderall. You, you have access to a doctor to get your Adderall. But if you're broke and all you can get is meth, you know, and then you put them in jail. It's like, and then you can't get out because they're broke. You know what I mean? Because what's the first thing I do when you go to jail? 
You got to post bail, right? But if you're broke... Or, 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 or don't drop the soap. I mean, that... That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, first thing you got to do is try to get the fuck out of there, right? So, <laughs> and that's and that's posting bail. But if but if you're broke, you know, you know they, they're actually, they, they seem to have criminalized being poor right under our noses, and it's fucking disgusting. Yep. Hey, let let yep. some of you other guys weigh in here, please. Yeah, I I uh, I like what you guys are putting down uh, on this one, Kronos uh, and uh, and Stitch. Um, I would say if we're talking about an increase in most city budgets for education and social services, I think that that could have a very positive effect. I'd love to see that maybe experimented in uh, some smaller states. You know, do some kind of case studies and so, whatnot. So I'm, hold on, I'm glad you said that. Can can I pause you real quick? So they have. Um, actually, okay. Stitch actually looked yeah. this up too. Uh, Camden, Camden, New Jersey actually defunded the police. And they did something that... But, sorry, go ahead. Well, um, well, I'd like to see it over, like, throughout a... Uh, that's great to know for a city, but I'd like to see it over a, a state as well. Yeah, well, I mean, well, you got to start somewhere, right? So, so if we talk about a case study, Camden would be like a good case study because what cool. they did was they literally fired all the police officers and they all had to reapply. Mm. And they decided okay. that... And they totally changed the way they train police. So now they're not going out there. Like, they're actually walking out, being in the community, you know, riding bikes and, like, doing all these positive things for the community rather than just, you know, find the bad guy. Because, like, the the police chief, he was like, yeah, my numbers for, you know, catching drug dealers were great. But we realized that we kept, you know, it was still a pervading problem. And he's like, well, how sure. do we fix it? So, like, like, they had to rethink how to be police officers. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll show you. Um, go ahead. The, each uh, you, you mentioned about it being seen over a state. I don't know if you can just broad brush it as uh, as uh, using that solution to solve like an entire state. Um, each department, each city is its own sort of ecosystem. Um, the problems that are happening in let's say San Jose here are probably not the same problems that's uh, that's happening in Half Moon Bay in terms of uh, homelessness, uh, drug use, and etc. So. It's it's hard to especially with like a large state like California, um, and then you essentially different cities have different budgets. Um, if you do know a little bit about Camden, I, I lived in New Jersey, but I lived in the northern part of New Jersey. Camden is sort of in the shadows of Philadelphia across the state line, um, and there it's two different two different areas. Uh, the major city with a ton of problems. It, I was telling Lilo, it kind of reminded me of like Flint, Michigan, not with yeah. the whole water thing, but in terms of like, they're just tapped bone dry with all their resources. So it might be harder for some smaller departments to okay. be able to um, enact some of this uh, community policing in the Camden model. And I encourage people to go look up on YouTube, um, funding the police, just type it in and it'll explain like how, why they did it. Uh, how they implemented some of their community policing models, and also the use of uh, a lot of technology in terms of like putting up cameras uh, in various crime uh, popular spots and having like an officer being able to uh, sort of sit in the in the precinct, view the cameras, and see things as it's going on in real time. Now you go to like a smaller department in let's say let's say random rural Georgia or whatever. They're not going to have the money in their budget to or to put up a bunch of cameras. And from my personal experience, where that got really, really expensive is um, data storage. And that's something that Kronos knows a lot about. <laughs> yeah. Because essentially, if you have all these cameras recording shit 24 hours a day, 
you got to store it somewhere. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, if you catch a crime that happened on, oh shit, I just saw that person get shot. You're going to have to be able to save it and be like, yo, this is evidence right here. And then essentially you're going to have to store that evidence. And that I can't even fathom how much data storage would require from that, but it, it's in a very expensive project and you just sort of have to figure out how you're going to shuffle the money. Luckily, All right. But, let, me, uh, let, me, let me go back. Yeah. Let me go back though. That's all right. Uh, what I was gonna say though, I, I, I hear you and I appreciate the, the information on Camden, I really do. Um, if it can't be done at a, at a smaller state level, not talking about California, but maybe a smaller state, less population, then so be it. If it has to be at a municipality level, that's fine. The other half of that though is what I'm even more interested in and that's over the course of five and 15 years, how does it impact um, the increase in education and possibly a decrease in crime uh, or the increase in uh, mental health services or social services and how that impacts crime and quality of life. Uh, that aspect of it increasing more of the budget for that because in general nationwide that's been they've had cities have had struggles paying for basics of edu education. They've had to do uh, uh, car washes and, and food drives and all that other shit. Uh, to fund basic shit with education, and especially when we're talking about some of the rural rural areas, uh, they've suffered, just point blank. So if you're talking about an increase in social services and education, I'd like to see how that gets affected uh, by them having more money. Yeah, so... I, I don't... Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, just... I was going to say, I don't know the numbers with Camden's education system, but in that study, they did show that, I believe it was in 2012, where they uh, they essentially abolished their police department it was the camden city police department yeah. they uh, the chief of police pretty much said everyone was essentially fired and they had to reapply for their jobs uh then they started from the from the base level just ground up because they as it was said in the the report or the video that they wanted to establish a new culture rather than just like training people they wanted to just establish a new culture they even changed like their their patches and their badges and stuff like that because they just wanted to wipe away control, delete, and start completely anew. And their crime levels did drastically drop. It, I will have to do further research to see how, what um, what health services they, they put in and then what um, education stuff, but I know their crime definitely dropped. Yeah, I have the numbers on crime. So Camden, New Jersey, they, they, they did this seven years ago is when they decided mm -hmm. to disband and basically had to reapply to the police force. And violent crimes have dropped by 42% in seven years. Very nice. After they had a revamp. Yeah, so it wasn't just like the whole disbanding and defunding. It was um, actually learning how to be better police officers. So I think that, that I think that's what that, I think that's what that's what helps. So when you talk about defunding, I think Camden did a really good job because the the chief of police he saw what's the same deal as like the Minneapolis police chief. He knows there's an underlying culture there that is bad. And he's trying to figure out how to get, like, bad cops out. And so the solution for the Camden police chief, he was just like, listen, I know we have bad, bad police officers. So we're just going to fire all of them, and you got to reapply. And when you reapply, if you're on the shit list, you ain't getting rehired. So yeah. that, that was his solution. And I think we're seeing some of the underpinnings of that right now because I don't know if you saw the story today, but um, Minneapolis uh, Police Department, they have, um, they're not renewing their contract with their union. And so I think oh. that's a first step into that. Because, like, police unions are very powerful. You know, Stitch went over this in the last podcast. But if you can distance, your, distance yourself from the union and then be able to actually use your own power, 
then I think they can do what they're asking for. So the the police unions are probably the, are more than likely the reason why you know officer the ex officer Chauvin um, was still a police officer because he had 18 well 17 uh, violations prior to the incident with uh, George Floyd. And that's somebody, mm-hmm. to me, he should have been fucking fired. And now things are coming out about Officer Chauvin that is, like, even more egregious, which I'm, I'm not surprised now why it got pushed to a second-degree murder, but it actually might get pushed to first-degree murder. So I don't know if any of you guys knew this, but George Floyd and Officer Chauvin, ex-Officer Chauvin, I forget, Derek Chauvin, they knew each other. They worked yeah. with each other. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, but yeah, they worked at a nightclub together. Yeah, and they had, I, I guess, Derek Chauvin had an issue where, you know, George Floyd had gave him a, a paycheck from his boss, and he didn't appreciate how much he was getting paid, and he got mad about it. And so it's just like, there's been both, there's been corroborating stories about what happened, so it's not like some mm-hmm. bullshit. And I'm just like, whoa, so they knew each other, and he did that. And one of the other things is that one, two of the cops that were with... Uh, Derek Chauvin. Chauvin, yeah, one of them was like that was his first, his fourth day on the beat, fourth Jesus. day, and so when the guy, <laughs> so when Chauvin said, "Hey, this is how we do it," he was just like, "I guess." So now I kind of, I kind of feel bad for the guy, you know. That it, it, it's it, he 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 was wet behind the ears or, yeah. or green. There's no doubt about it. But it kind of reminds me of that fucking uh, Denzel movie yeah. Training Day in yeah. some ways. Yeah, it really you know? does. The guy got played. I, Which, I mean. Well, um, we, also, did, did we... well, there was another detail that did we talk about um, how Derek Chauvin's wife was married to like one of his part, one of the cops that was there. Yeah, the guy I don't was... know if it was a direct partner. Yeah, it was, but it was she... Asian dude. Yeah. Yeah. Did we yeah, mention yeah. that or, or no? No. Because we may we may have missed that last time. So there's more. There's like a lot of like cogs that are connecting with this this case. Yep. Yeah. yeah did, did we talk about the? Uh, I mean, just to on to transition also to the, the police union kind of stuff. One of the things that really disgusted me this week, and in, in another episode of right after we get done recording, something crazy <laughs> stuff happened. Yeah. The, uh, what happened in Buffalo? With no, the, we didn't talk about it. The old guy, the the seventy five year old man that's that's standing there, and then these stormtrooper Buffalo police officers just completely shove him, bounce his head off the concrete, and just keep it moving. Yeah. And he starts bleeding from his ear. And then, then I mean, we I've said before, the police unions are, are, are cities. I don't want to chastise all police unions, but some of these police unions are just fucking sick and disgusting. Yeah. But they ended up suspending the officers and then charging it, the two officers involved in that incident, even though there were like 50 others that just stood around and looked at the dude and just kept it moving. Um, they, they started like cheering and chanting or whatever and upset because these dudes got suspended at the time yeah. for fucking this old guy up. Well, you know, I, I, I cannot be- believe this. Well, the, the craziest part for me was that, you know, when it first happened, there was an, an officer that actually bent down to see if he was okay and another, another officer grabbed him by his body armor and pulled him back up. And he was like, no, just keep moving. I was just like, dude, yep. if you don't think that this is not a systemic problem, just look at these things alone. I mean, like you saw, you see somebody getting seriously injured directly in front of you and on, and on your creed is protect and serve. And somebody literally needs medical attention and you don't try to help them. 
like at all, and it's something that you fucking caused. Not a single officer wanted to help him. You just call on the fucking thing. Like nobody just they just walk past him. Like what before, the fuck? Before the the video went viral, and it's a, a disturbing ass video with an old man bleeding from the fucking his ears. But before it went viral, I thought, and I'll look, I'll fact check myself, but I uh, I thought that the official response was, oh, he, he must have tripped or something like that. Because he got pushed. Was, he, yeah, it was flat out lie, yeah. you know. But I mean, it, it's sad that without video evidence, there is just this, you know, lies can be put out there. You know what I mean? And, and I'm glad it was on camera, but God damn, it's hard to watch someone who's frail and elderly have their bounce their head off the fucking concrete and start bleeding. Well, not, like, did you hear what happened it's now? Insane. Did you hear what happened now? What's so now, now, now they're trying to see. So this is how ridiculous this whole thing has become. So normally what I see with, you know, the retroactive, you know, shaming of victims is not that usually happens to African-Americans. It's not. It happened to this guy. Now they're saying that he was an Antifa plant. Now they say he was an agitator. I'm like, how is he an agitator? He's walking up to the police officer. He said like three words, and all of a sudden he got pushed to the ground. Like, who's who's they? Who's they that's saying it? Well, the the president <laughs> parroted it. Yeah, you know. he it. But it was be, before he parroted it. Obviously, it was on like a bunch of conservative news channels and shit like that. But yeah, the president tweeted about it. I'm just like, dude, you can't tweet shit like like. How is this guy still the guy? Like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with America right now? It's there's there's so much going on. I I mean, I I, I know we got a we got a, a lot on the list and whatnot, but obviously we're gonna uh, be switching it up and, and coming back to this. But the thing that got me was this whole NASCAR shit too. Oh, yeah. In terms of that. Like Confederate statues and uh, white supremacist statues and monuments have been coming down left and right all over the world. Uh, you have everyone from uh, General Lee, you know, to uh, King Leopold. Uh, uh, definitely look him up if you don't know who he is with uh, yeah. uh, with the Congo. But he basically, he's like Hitler. I mean. Yeah, he killed, killed millions of Africans, and it's disturbing as fuck that more people don't know about his atrocities against human rights. But his, his statue's coming down, and then maybe a couple hours before we started recording, uh, fucking NASCAR said, we're banning the fucking Confederate flag. Go home. <laughs> that was, as they, I mean, that one's going to be... Mm, no, I mean, fuck... Yeah. I, at some point, you got to. I mean, listen, we took a stand last week and we got more support than we probably ever have. So, mm -hmm. NASCAR doing it. I mean, listen, if you are still a Confederate flag supporter, um, you don't. There's no. I've, I haven't heard a single logical argument about why we should have the Confederate flag. Listen, we don't fucking have the English flag flying anywhere in America. <laughs> nope. For the same fucking reason why we don't, why we should not have the fucking Confederate flag. The Confederate, if you believe in the Confederate flag, you're literally a fucking loser. You you are yeah. voting for, you're on the side of a losing side that killed more Americans than any other war that we've ever fought, ever. And you're okay with that. You're okay with Americans killing Americans. That's that's and, good to go and, for you. you. You're fucking, and, and, it's treasonous. And one more thing. Because I, I don't know how people 
just do these mental gymnastics and whatnot. The South fought on the side of being pro-slavery. Yeah. Period. Point blank. I don't give a fuck about your heritage. They were pro. Their economy. Yeah. Yeah. That that was it. War is about resources. Their resource was human property, humans being property, and that was that was the whole end end of it. I, I don't know who your fucking elementary, junior high, and high school teachers were that well, taught you some well, some reverse history. They'll say the economy, but it's the in any economy that's built upon free labor. Yeah, no shit. Windfall profits because your fucking labor is free. But you of know, course. it's built on the backs of people that that have suffered for you know four hundred fucking years and are still suffering today. And this is why we're still seeing problems today. So yeah, probably get rid of those right now because like we're in the middle of civil unrest, and that flag is gonna make things even fucking worse, way worse yep. than it is now. Um, I yep. don't understand why yep. Caucasians don't seem to understand this. People that are in the South, they don't seem to understand this. They call themselves Americans, but they believe in some shit that is the most un-American shit ever. It's the same. It's the same motherfuckers that have been tricked into believing. In Nazism here in America, yeah. when Nazis killed yeah. when Nazis killed your fucking grandfathers, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like how how is Nazism here in America? That I I still don't understand that shit. It doesn't make any yeah. fucking sense to me. And you got some that will literally proudly display both of those flags. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like at what? the same yeah. goddamn time. Yeah. Well, it's I've seen all three. They have the American flag, the Nazi flag, and then a rebel flag, and then they they're just like. Well, we're being oppressed upon because uh, being white is wrong and all this. We're, we're tired of being wrong. And, um, it's like, dude, no one's saying... Yeah, being racist is wrong, but you're not being oppressed. But you're making it seem like you're being oppressed. They're unwilling to listen, at least the people that I've talked to that have waved two out of three of those flags. So it's just like, you, we need to have dialogue so that way we can open... The thing about... I don't know if you guys watch uh, Trevor Noah... Because he was a he lived through apartheid. None of us have ever lived through anything in the states like that that's currently alive right now. So he talked about how they had um, the committee where there's the people who were pro apartheid and the people that it oppressed. They actually had a huge sit down to talk about what happened, and we didn't get that. And he Trevor Noah breaks it down how America didn't get that chance to have that. They had their chance hundreds of years ago. It didn't go down. And he says something like that probably should happen with between the African-American people of the U.S. and the United States government. Can I add one, can I add one quick thing? One quick thing. Sorry. Uh, just, just so people get it, because some people are maybe international listeners and they may not be aware. Inside the flags of several states in the former southern yeah. or former slave states, there is the Confederate flag yeah. as part of the state flag, like in Georgia, maybe Bama, maybe South Carolina, um, but quite a few. Yeah, uh, Mississippi is a big one for sure. I mean, they, their their state university uh, mascot is the Rebels. It was it's the, it's Colonel Reb. It's a it's a Confederate soldier dude standing there holding a fucking musket and stuff. That's their state university. Uh, mascot. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know what's crazy. So is UNLV for some reason, though, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy is like w- when you listen to certain people, Caucasians, and they talk about like oppression or whatever. It's like, listen, there's there has been oppression against Caucasians in America. Sure. But 
you have to like listen to like their actual oppression, right? And it was like legit. If you were Italian, if you were Irish, if you, if you were Jewish, you know, mm-hmm. ask your ask grandparents of people that are alive today. Ask their grandparents, you know, if if their grandparents are still alive, what it was like to grow up, or even maybe like great grandparents if they're still alive. Like if you're in like the early 1900s, like mm-hmm. they definitely had actual oppression. But the the thing is, is that during their oppression that happened, they were basically treated just like black folks, like African Americans back in the day. They really were. They were, they had they weren't given you know all the same rights. They had to work. Uh, Basically, as not slaves, but in indentured service. Basically, you know, they were treated like shit. Um, but the thing was, is that Americans realized that they look enough like them to be accepted into the fold. You know, and so that's how they got around that. And so that's when they got they. That's when the whole like we're all just white thing happened. So they, you know, they they got accepted. But for if you're an African American, like our skin is dark. Like there's there's no getting around that. You know, and I think. Uh, you know, it was interesting, like, listening to uh, the podcast with uh, Prodigy's mom. Really, Ooh. really great podcast. And I was, when I'm listening to that, I'm just, I, I had, like, a very conflicted thoughts on African-Americans' integration or attempt at integration with the rest of America. Yep. And it's like, did, I don't know how to put this, like, I'm trying to put it, like, the, the most tame way as possible. But it's like, is what was done with was the outcome for the best idea for African Americans today. And what I mean is is that when your mom was growing up, she almost had um, a better experience because the, the community was so tight. You know what I mean? Yes. And they protected each other and you know like when she was talking about like how her parents protected her from seeing racism and then you know yep. when when we saw you know, when they shut down the bus lines and, like, they had people with... Whoever had cars that was African-American, they would pick up somebody and be like, hey, where you got to go? I can get you closer. You know what I mean? The next person would pick them up, blah, 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 blah. But we don't see that today. And I think part of that is because we tried to integrate into American society. And I don't think that it was done in the best way possible, I guess. Only, only because of the outcome. That's the only reason why I'm saying that. No, I get that. But if, but if I really enjoy, oh, sorry, no, 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 no finish up. No, I was saying that. That's I did definitely take. That was one of the most uh, eye-opening things. Um, for those that don't know, check out the interview that uh, me and uh, Prodigy did with uh, Mama, Mama. Um, can we call her Mama French. Mama French. Mama, yeah. Mama French. Mama Prodigy. Whichever. Mama French. Uh, but that—that's what stuck out to me a lot was how. Um, and you put it in a, in a funny terms. It was a mini Wakanda in Montgomery, <laughs> yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Which was really cool, and, and I did not know anything about that. I didn't know that they. I've heard of cities like that, but I did not know that uh, Montgomery, Alabama, was one of them. And I really liked how she explained that these were sort of at all these other spots where you, you had HBCUs and everything. So that part was really, really cool. The only um, thing that I would be really interested, and in, it would, I'd be interested, but I know I, I'd feel like really sad afterward is hearing somebody who didn't live in one of those oh, yeah. Wakanda areas or whatever. Yeah. Cause uh, Mama Frank said the neighboring County was not like that at all. They couldn't even yeah. vote there in anything. And like that, I kind of want to hear the horror story 
stuff, but I know that it is going to have like such a, uh, a pain, it's going to be painful to hear that story, but I do think it needs to be heard and told and everything. So, yeah. Maybe we can Definitely. find somebody. Like, if, if anybody that's a listener out there that has somebody that's like, well, we just talked about a, a story where they live, it's probably going to be like your, your parents or your grandparents. You know, if they have a story where they were living as a minority in like the 60s and 70s outside of like a, a outside of like an integrated community like a, just a, a purely like segregated community if you lived into like if you lived in an integrated community back in the 60s and 70s and you were a minority what was life like for you i'd be very interested in uh in, in hearing that story yep. but yeah i think that's one of the things where you know if you look at the asian community like the asian community is still like really tight like they still are kind of like I don't want to say like totally separated, but they definitely um, keep to themselves way more than African Americans have, and that's something that I'm also interested in in hearing that story because um, I think they they've reaped certain benefits that you know that our communities haven't because they they've kept it they've kept things separate, and I think that they they've had obviously they've had positive and negative effects mm-hmm. from that. You know, I think that's that'd be interesting to talk about. Um, me and uh, and Bunny Man are probably going to talk about that. We're, we're actually we're going to actually start a whole different podcast sometime soon. I'll, I'll start promoting it um, in a bit once we get everything like settled down. But I'm really interested to see like how they figured that out and how we kind of did. I, I think that after the civil rights movement, you know, we thought everything was cool, like we we integrated into society, but society didn't really accept us. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and, and that was been it's very apparent today. Yeah, and there was plenty of communities that didn't do shit for uh, in terms of accepting and uh, had other ways of ke- uh, continuing to keep black people out uh, through the seventies, eighties, and even through the the nineties. And there's been lawsuits even in the two thousands, yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, against plenty of folks, folks for literal discrimination because you're black. But yeah, this is this is important. Can, can I switch it up a little bit though? Because I, I do want to. I want to piggyback on something from uh, from last week, uh, and uh, Stitch, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, it looks like there's some Punisher news that uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they broken down. They, they heard your plea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was in trouble. Yeah, go ahead, speak on it. Oh, I, so to me, well, what I, don't, I don't know the guy's name and everything, but yeah, okay, the actual I'll facts. It. Yeah, but the, the, I'll get I'll pull up his name, or someone can pull up his name while I'm talking, but. Uh, the creator of the punishment was is not down with uh, exactly what Stitch has mentioned. The uh, certain members of law enforcement uh, uh, basically stealing the image of the Punisher, that skull, that iconic skull that's been around since the 70s, and using it as their symbol. Uh, the creator of the Punisher said, fuck that noise. Uh, I'm down with uh, Black Lives Matter. And uh, I, he, I believe he took... Um, some black artists to help redesign the skull and was putting that out there. I know I saw it on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, did we get his name? Hold on. I, I, is he now? Is the while you guys look that up now? Is he the actual? He's the creator of the Punisher. I mean, I know yeah. of the Punisher, Frank Castle, and, and everything, and sort of like his his character mythology. But was a, I don't know like who created him. He was why co- he, was he was created. A, or anything. He was a co-creator. His name co-creator. is his name is uh, Jerry Conway. Mm, okay. He's so, a white guy, black guy. I think, believe he's a white guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said last week, um, 
I forget. I was just deep in my rant about. Um, I think we were talking about like the systematic uh, racism inside certain police departments, and I think that uh, uh, spoke on how I believe believe that a lot of people using the Punisher skull uh, mixed with like the blue line flag with the Punisher skull with the the blue line across it and adopting that as like a law enforcement symbol is just disgusting to me in certain ways because it you're promoting vigilante justice you're not giving anybody their day in court you're being judge jury and executioner um i've seen i've even seen i've seen like spartan helmets with it and stuff like that and i i, I don't want to get all nitpicky about that aspect of it but what spoke to me was the punisher skull and everything and that it does feel like it it was being stolen away and adopted for that aspect of uh, law enforcement. And I don't believe that those two should commingle at all uh, based on what the Punisher does, uh, has no problem doing uh, in his comics or anything like that. It's just like just adopting that symbol uh, and repping it just because it, it looks cool. And I, I just thought it gave a bad message. But apparently the co-creator came out and was just like, yo, we're putting a stop to this. Uh, he, he he actually called me or whatever and uh, asked my thoughts on it. I said, yo, you got to stop this right now. <laughs> and he's like, really, Stitch? And I was like, yeah, you, you need to do one for the culture. And he's like, yo, I, I got you. <laughs> and that's how I remember it, though, at least. Uh, but I was like, you got to, during the press release, you can't say our name or and anything like that. We just want to, we want to give you the credit for doing this on your own, Mr. White Man, who created the Punisher. And he's like, all right, all right, fam, I got you. So a little inside baseball on that. So he proceeded to go ahead and start to reclaim the Punisher based on my idea after we uh, talked about it. So, it may or not happen. So what's, my sources tell me. <laughs> what's cool about this is that, um, uh, what, what Jerry Conway did is that he actually reached out on Twitter and he's like, hey, if, if you're an African-American artist, like DM me and let's take this skull back, basically, is, is what he what he said. And so now he does, he's doing a custom-make t-shirt fundraising for, um, for Black Lives Matter. And um, he has, there's four shirts on here. I'll pull it up on the screen right now so everybody can see. But there are some really cool designs. And the one that has like the highest amount sold um, is the one that I would probably get if if uh, it's uh, it basically says uh, Black Lives Matter and the four fingers at the top if you're holding your fist up those are it says BLM and then underneath that is the is the thumb and like the wrist and like part of the pinky are the are the skull like make up the rest of the skull right. and it looks really fucking badass and uh, it's it's already raised over fourteen thousand dollars in like the matter of days nice. so. I'll probably buy one because it, it looks dope. So I'm glad that they're, they're, that that an artist is taking his artwork back. Like that that's cool. You know what I'm amazed by with with you know Marvel and obviously the ownership of Disney and whatnot. Uh, they're pretty litigious <laughs> in general, and I'm just amazed that that uh, that imagery has you know gotten stolen fairly easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, you think about, like, think about optics, though, Prodigy. I mean, police officers are using, like, a, a symbol, but do you want to get in a fight with, with like, like the police department? Like, anywhere? But, I mean, before now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> do you really want to, like, I, I open up say, the doors? I would say if it's one of your logos, 
it, it's odd to me. It's odd to me that they've, they've been okay with the logo being used. Because, you know, in, in general, with an intellectual property that you own, you don't let anybody for free use your, use your logo. Yeah, yeah. That's just, on GP, you don't do that. Well, it's just, I mean, no matter who. Especially when they're, like, totally misrepresenting what the Punisher is about. I mean, you know, Sith already talked about it, but it's just like, if, if you were a cop, any kind of law enforcement officer... You should not be using a Punisher as like your your guy, you know, because he's, he's not he's, he just goes up there and fucks people up. That's not what cops yeah. do. Yeah. Captain America is much better choice. Yeah, yeah, and, and and don't switch it up and do Deathstroke either, because that that would also be no, fun. yeah, no Deathstroke, no Deadpool, <laughs> nah, none of them. Holy fucking shit. All right, uh, old Ned, you haven't gotten. In, yeah, you haven't gotten in here for shit, uh, old Ned. What you got on? On did you want to switch it up to something else? Uh, no, you said I thought you said you were gonna bring in something uh, that you wanted to talk about. No, you already, you already covered your. Yeah, that, that was that, that was that was it. I mean, the only the only other thing I got is uh, in terms of my own personal uh, uh, vendetta against this. If you if you didn't fucking listen to Rage Against the Machine, please shut the entire fuck up. There's just been too many dumbasses talking about uh, uh, fucking Zach De La Roca or uh, Tom Morello. Uh, I, I can't stand that you're so political now. Motherfucker, obviously you've never listened to Rage Against the Machine if you think that they are political now. Every single one of their albums has been political, has been anti-fascist. Almost every single one of their songs, every single one of their lyrics, all of their cons. Well, what are they? Oh, oh, he just cut out. I think he just dropped. Oh, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Well, no, I don't Pro know what Prodigy happened. just died. Yeah, but oh. it, it's like talking about Rage Against the Machine. Like, who do you think they're raging against? The machine was like, you know, people in power. Like, that's the machine. It's it's so Ooh. insane now that people just don't understand. And it's like first first of all, you know, it's like Rage Against the Machine hasn't released anything new in like a number of years. So it's like if you just now figure, you know, start listening to music and you just now realize that they're talking about political shit, then you're a fucking moron, you know. I don't understand. Uh, well, Rage broke up for a, a while. They just barely got back together, and yeah. now they're a lot older from back then. So they're not really. I think they were supposed to tour this summer, if I remember correctly. But they don't. There's no. But, there's no new album. So when people are like talking about how they're political now, it's like they're political that's hilarious. twenty fucking years ago, you know. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Hilarious. So, Damn millennials. Yep. Uh, so I want to ask, we are going to get a lot of, I guess, a big big news tomorrow um, oh. in terms of the PlayStation 5. Um, oh, we're, we're going to finally see what it looks like, yeah? I Well, hopefully. I would assume we're going to hopefully see what it looks like. Uh, price, price, maybe? Point. Yeah, and uh, probably 10 minutes afterwards, I'm going to hop in my car. Go to GameStop and put a deposit on it, just because oh. I'm <laughs> just because I'm crazy like that. I'll, I'll do it online. <laughs> yeah, but um, you, I guess, Kronos, you said you saw some stuff on IGN today. Were they did they have any inside info that they were kind of hinting at that they might have known before the official uh, news dropped tomorrow? Well, there was no news that was dropped. So they're doing the summer of play IGN, which is, I mean. Listen, IGN is doing what they can because everybody knows that right now it's supposed to be fucking E3. And E3 ain't fucking happening right now. So IGN's like, let's cobble some shit together. Let's uh, talk to some developers. Let's, uh, 
you know, make sure that there's some sort of gaming news today, you know, when people really want gaming news, especially given the fact that we're going to have uh, the new generation of consoles this year. Um, and so they dropped a bunch of stuff, but yeah, nothing specifically PS5 related, but they did drop some, some cool new trailers for games, you know, that I appreciated. There was, you know, GTFO, you know, that wasn't really new. That's been out for a while, but they might drop for the PS4. Um, they dropped a trailer for um, a new Soulsborne type game and a few other games as well. But it's just been like, it's been interesting to see like them just like put together like this stuff with the industry on kind of a short notice. I, I feel like it feels like a short notice. Um, but yeah, tomorrow I'm really looking forward to seeing how much it's going to cost. Probably, I, I think it's going to cost like 600 bucks, maybe like 550. Um, if it's more, I don't really give a shit. Now that I'm seeing like researching the, the actual technical specs of the PS5, I honestly think that the PS5 has the potential to uh, dethrone the Master Race, the PC Master Race, oh, for, uh, for performance. Hot, hot take? Yeah, it's a hot take. Yeah, so they're actually going to utilize uh, an SSD as like a real piece of technology. So if y'all don't know, like, how do I put it down for layman? So I, I, I my actual profession is I'm an actual data storage i'm a senior data storage engineer so i know a lot about data storage um ssds have revolutionized data storage but it's been crazy expensive like recently it's come down in price right but the greatest thing about ssds solid state drives for y'all who didn't know um is that uh there's no seek time so if on normal hard drive it's like literally it's like a little spinning platter and there's like a little fucking needle has to like read the fucking data off the shit right so depending on where the data is on that platter, it could take a longer seek time or a less seek time. So it's like it's like a record, basically, like a very tiny record. So shit on the outside takes longer to get to. Shit on the inside takes it's easier to get to. That's why you defrag your hard drive, by the way. When you defrag your hard drive, is to get shit in a in a a more contiguous space. Better circle. Yeah, so okay. you can read from it and write to it easier. You know, but in SSDs you don't have that problem because you know it's it's a solid state drive, so you can you know your read and write times are significantly greater than a spinning disk. However, um, outside of enterprise data storage, which is what I do, um, nobody's really been using SSD drives to their full potential. So in enterprise data storage, what they, what they figured out is that we can use SSDs as sort of like RAM. You know, so if you have RAM right now, you know RAM is fast as fuck. Usually when you're playing a game, uh, the game is basically loaded up into RAM and you're, and you're getting your game through RAM. And when you need certain, th certain things, you know, that are, like, when you have load screens, the load screens are because you have to go to, the, like, the, to your hard drive, read the data, and then pull it up, and then go. It, it pulls it up into RAM, and that's how you go. In enterprise data storage, they figured out that, hey, S SSDs are so fucking fast that you can basically use SSDs as, like, a, as RAM for certain aspects. And so that's what the PS5 is going to do, potentially, is they're going to make it so that instead of using the interface between like hard drive and RAM, it's going to be able to pull things directly from the SSD drive with no seek time. So you're, you're going to have significantly uh, improved throughputs. You're going to have like vir virtually low or no load screens anymore because it's going to be able to load things on the fly because it knows where, all, where everything is already. And you can get to it so fucking fast. So PCs can't even do this right now. It, they're not. Is the X 
Is the Xbox, the new Xbox, going to have the same technology, or...? From what I've seen, no, not yet, but they could. I mean, okay. the, the, the thing with the PS5 is, though, is that they're, they're actually utilizing other hardware, specialized hardware, to implement that, um, that jump, right? Mm. Where you can use the SSD as, like, another high-speed hardware aspect, you know? I don't know if the Xbox is doing it. If they do, that'd be fucking great, but I haven't heard anything about that yet. Um... But yeah, using the the SSD is like a it's like a high speed tool like that. That's gonna revolutionize like a lot. It, it's gonna really free a lot of developers from having to put in like bullshit load screens and having to like just write code a certain way to where you need to like basically hide the way that you do load screens. You know, like if you ever like watch videos on like how they did um, Horizon Zero Dawn, like the way they write stuff around like where you're looking. But now they can write stuff everywhere, even when you're where you're not yeah. looking, because it's it's, it's going to be there, or at least read from it, you know. And it, it, it's going to be a huge leap, potentially a huge leap. Um, if somebody, I think it's going to be mostly for uh, PS5 exclusive games, because mm. if you have to write a game that has to utilize, you know, a non-solid state drive without this specialized hardware, they're going to have to hide. You're going to have to write it the traditional way, where it's going to be, you know, load screens and seat times and all that shit. But if you're writing a game just for the PS5, holy shit. Potentially, this could be a fucking game changer. Even games like Red Dead Redemption 2, it's beautiful, it's an open world game and whatnot. But like when you go to the camp, it's still semi, it slows down yeah. to a crawl space. You can't have Arthur running through the camp. Yep. The reason for that is it's basically acting like a, a, a weird little kind of load screen. And even when you go through like certain tunnels, in like God, not so much God of War, but like Uncharted, yeah. and you kind of, it slows you down on purpose as you kind of do this cinematic walk through this narrow narrow pass. Hopefully, it sounds like it, uh, this PS5 will be eliminating that bullshit. Yeah, same thing. Like I, I get the perfect examples, like in, in Mass Effect when you go in the elevator. Like yeah, they're, they're loading up everything in, through the elevator. That's why the elevator seems yep. there is to load it up. But yep. potentially in the PS5, it can eliminate that. And so yeah, so. What what Prodigy's talking about in uh, in Red Dead Redemption when you when you go into the camp, the reason why you have to slow down is because they have to load in all all these assets for characters and yep. dialogue and you know missions and all like usually when you go into a city, most of the NPCs are like they're kind of dumb, you know. Mm -hmm. But when you go into, into your camp, these are all potential uh, mission assets and all yep. these other dialogue trees you have to go through. So I have to. You have to load shit like that, you know, so mm -hmm. it makes sense. The, the, the reveal, the, the reveal uh, according to the rumor mill and the internet, uh, which is never wrong, looks like it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm tomorrow, saying. Tomorrow, yeah. one I think. Oh, is it one? Yeah. Well, at time, I forget what time is that. I might have read one Chicago time or something I, like I, that. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. I'm going to try to watch it because I, I know that... Um, uh, K-Mac is taking tomorrow off, so I'm like, uh, all right, K-Mac can watch this tomorrow. Yeah, yeah the, the date is 1 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. Okay. Cool. Good shit, man. I, I, sure. I'm excited. I'm also, you know, I'm more of a, more excited about certain games, so I really want to hear some fun announcements, and then, of course, everybody wants to know the fucking price for this thing, too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We'll fucking see. What do you, what do you, what's your estimates? I'm gonna say 
I, I'm going to say they're not going to go north of 600. I think I think 599 is the ceiling. I'm going to say 499. Mm. I agree with Prodigy. I think 600 bucks is probably where it's going to be. The, the, oh, old Ninja, what you got on this one? What's your do, do, oh, yeah. do you think they'll bundle it at that price, or it'll just be? I think that's the base price. I think, I think that's, that's yeah. I think that's, that's like base. base. No price. games, yeah. no games, no nothing. Just okay. controller and and console. Uh, I think yeah, six hundred five ninety nine sounds about what it's probably going to launch at. You you know what? Also, people need to be very aware of, and I know nobody wants to hear this. This is super unpopular, but motherfuckers, games have been sixty dollars since the PS three three sixty era. We are now entering the PS5 era, so that's literally two generations ago. I realize with inflation and all of that, games in the 80s were 40, sometimes even 50 bucks on cartridges and whatnot, um, in late 80s especially. But don't be surprised, gamers, if ga if a retail price for a new game on the PS5 is 70 bucks well, or 75 hold on. bucks. Be before people like take the take that the wrong way, we have been very fortunate to where the gaming industry has been pretty fair with that price because we have games that are like, yeah, AAA games are 60 bucks, right? I totally understand that. However, you also have games that are indie games that are like 30 bucks or below, you know? So, of course. But before, you know, previous to like this generation, like indie games still cost a lot of money. You know, they, they still yep. cost like retail price. Um, so I'm I'm definitely glad that we still have we have tiers of games. You can still have fun playing games that are indie games, quote unquote indie games for for a lower price, and games still come down in price relatively quickly. I mean, like seriously, yes. like just think about like when we were growing up. You know, how long did it take for a fucking game to drop in price? It didn't happen. Yeah, there were no game sales. I, I I'm with that. I'm just saying for. The major, the ninety percent of the the games, the AAA, AA, whatever, we're used to that sixty dollar price tag as as kind of being the, the highest, and we've had it for two generations, going yeah. on three now. I don't I don't see that staying as status quo uh, indefinitely because well, like, just from an just from an economic standpoint, mm. it's also more expensive to make a game in twenty twenty than it was to make a game. From the man hours and the time yeah. than it was in the nineties. Well, hold on, Prodigy. I'm pretty sure that the sixty dollar price range came for the PS4 only. Um, no, it was the PS3. A PS3, I think. It was, I, I thought it was fifty bucks. I thought it was. Okay, let me double, let me fact check myself. I'm I thought three sixty era. I'm pretty sure it was this generation where where the price. I thought that was. I thought that was PS3 and 360 as well. Let me fact check. Not sure, but uh, we do we do have a uh, Last of Us coming out with do we? Yeah, next, week? Uh, next week? Oh, next Nine week. Nine days? Next week. Yeah. So do you get something new coming? That'll be exciting to uh, probably uh, talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll fucking see. I'm really looking. That's on the 19th. Have you guys pre-ordered? No. Didn't get you. No, I'm, I'm, I probably will tomorrow when I uh, pre-order my PS5. <laughs> oh, you think it's going to be available for pre-order right away? I don't see why not. That's how they normally do once they make the announcement. It's just like you can kind of go rush to your uh, to your GameStop pre-order and, and do whatever. If you can find uh, you, GameStop. Yeah, I was about to say, you better hope that GameStop's even open in your area. Some of them are closed permanently. So, yeah. you got to find out what's going on. Yeah, we'll see. 
Um, the other, mm-hmm. the other, the other thing I wanted to actually bring up a, l- a little bit as well. What's going on with this Harry Potter chick and Terry Crews? I- I've seen them get be completely canceled all over the place. So I, I think I know um, about the, the Terry Crews one without the J.K. Well, J.K. Rowling was like, I guess she said that people that are trans aren't really female. I'm just like, okay. Um, the Terry Crews one was talking about like. Something about, like, you can't... Something about black dominance. I, let me... I'll pull it up. Hold on. I'm, I'm doing this very poorly. Yeah, the Terry Crews one sound confusing. And I didn't quite get it. So I was like, what? what's everyone jumping on him about? What What he happened? Pull up his exact quote. No idea. Um, J.K. Rowling, I know, is getting flamed on Twitter and certain magazines and trades. And some of the stars have come out and said some stuff. Against her comments, so I was just like, um, what? It's kind of uh, crazy. I thought okay, the me... J.K. Rollins thing had something to do with, like, menstruation and transgender. Well, That's well, what I briefly saw, but I didn't hear it. They're trying to, they're calling her a turf, a trans-exclusionary radical feminist or something like that. Jesus Christ, they get that right? Yeah, damn. Yeah, it's a That's long. crazy fucking sure. term. Sound, um, sounds right. No, I, no idea. Yeah, basically somebody that thinks that if, if you weren't born with a vagina, then you're not female, which I'm like... I'm, I'm honestly concerned to even comment at this point, because people are going to get mad, you know? It's just, yeah, I don't know what to say to it's, that. It's I'm a like, trap. What are you supposed to say? I mean, if you can't have a baby... Uh, wait, uh, wait, say that again? It was a trap? Uh, why yeah, are you giggling over there, Prodigy? <laughs> oh, man, why are you giggling about your traps? I... I <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know why people get so mad about it, but I, I honestly, I, I I don't I don't fucking get it. Listen, if you want to be called a female, we'll call you a female. Like that, I got no problem with that. But if you lack the biology of a female, then it's like there there is something there. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that that's like totally irrelevant. You know. Like if you, if you can't have a baby, if you if you don't have ovaries, flipping tubes, you know, all these other various female organs, you know, I don't understand why that is so controversial today. I'm not I'm not saying, you know, uh, I'm not trying to disparage people that are that are transgender at all. I'm just saying, like from a biological aspect, you know. There's certain things you can't do. So what did what did she say? Or I, I got confused on that. Let me let me focus on. I, I, I looked at Terry Crews first. So sorry, even though I talked about okay. Dicker Rollins first, but yeah, we'll take we'll take one at a time. So we'll, we'll work on Terry. Yeah. Cruz, so right? Terry Crews. What, what did Terry do this time? His apparent uh, <laughs> controversial tweet is it, I'm quoting from him: "Defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we're all in this together. And I honestly, I don't have that much problems with what he's saying i don't think that um black supremacy would would happen without um white people but you know equality is truth yeah i mean i want people to be equal um and i think we need to defeat it but i think the first thing that he says okay defeating white supremacy with without white people yeah you can't do without white people but then the the part about creates black supremacy i'm like "Mm, probably not because we're only like 12 percent of the population so definitely not here in america he he 
seems. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing, and, and I know you guys like him way more than I do. I just just to rewind the tape. I was not a, a big fan of his, even when he inserted himself very awkwardly into the Me Too stuff with saying that a gay producer uh, grabbed his fucking nutsack uh, in front of his wife at some dinner or whatever. Um, you had a problem with that? Yeah, yeah I, 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 I never I never got on board with him on that. I, I really didn't. I, so I, I was... Hold on. Yeah. I guess we, we got to have a segue, I guess. Yeah, you I know, mean, you he did a gold nickname. You don't think yeah, was... I, I didn't want. I didn't even want him really nominated for it. it but he won that category. Pro, which was but he did. He did win. Okay, hold on. I, well, Prodigy, you had a problem with what he with what happened to him, or absolutely, absolutely. I, I, he he inserted himself into the Me Too extremely awkwardly. Um, what, for okay, me, well, stop for a second. What, what do you mean awkwardly? Like what happened to him was kind of fucked up. Here's the thing. I've never really gotten on board with his story on that. Um, he claimed to be this victim of it and put himself in the Me Too, which was mostly about women. That was the whole thing about women being victims of, uh, especially workplace, um, uh, sexual harassment and assault. That was kind of the whole deal. He put himself in it. Um, well, you you got a puzzled look on your face. I'll, I'll stop there for a second. Well, is there, well am I saying well, something I don't that, say he wrong put himself, about that? Well, I, saying he put himself in it. I mean, if it happened to him, it happened to him. So I don't want to make it sound like. I mean, if it is factual that that happened to him and he was sexually harassed, I mean, I don't. I don't want to get too deep into if Me Too is just about women being harassed or if it's just about straight women being harassed by men or if it's gay men being harassed by other men of power or, or women women anything if it factually happened where somebody in his industry tried to exert their power over him uh sexually i don't have a problem with him saying it or bring awareness because to me it seemed like he was bringing awareness that yeah this does happen to men as well yeah. uh straight men at that Oh, so I don't, uh, I don't think he was hijacking the, the Me Too stuff, um, as long as it was, it was true, which to my knowledge it, it was. So I, I'm kind of, I, I don't have a, a problem with it. I don't really consider that he kind of inserted himself in it. I don't think he took away from any of the, the main uh, uh, talking points of it. So, to also piggyback on um, what Stitch was saying, there's one of. Um, Kevin Spacey's accuser was also part of the Me Too movement. One of the, the one actors. The one no, dead? the one of the one that's on Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, he's okay. the one that put he put him he added to with Terry Crews that he was assaulted basically by Kevin Spacey, and he put himself as part of the Me Too movement, which was a gay man being assaulted by another closeted gay man at the same time. So I don't feel as if Terry Crews like interjected, inserted, or tried to derail because there was men as well. Those two, I, I think there's a handful of other ones. Um, Anthony Rapp is the actor who was like, yeah, I'm part of this movement as well. He's not the, they're not the only two guys that are part of the Me Too movement. They're the ones who are not getting the most support. And that's what Terry Crews brought the Me Too movement under fire for. Okay, so 
did Terry, to, to my knowledge, Terry Crews did not get fired or anything like that, right? He did lose work because he lost out on what would have been the next um, uh, Expendables film. He was basically. I thought he was, thought he was in a couple Expendables films. He not is. They're, they're, no, no, they're going to do another one, but they're, they because of his agency, who happened to be the man who assaulted him, who represented him, they basically ousted him because of it, and they're also. I didn't know he named the guy. Well, even if he, he named him, yeah. Even if he didn't lose a job, okay. I mean, like what happened to him was like that's not right. You know exactly. Yeah, listen, I, I I haven't I haven't been on Team Terry Crews. I just haven't. Um, the whole thing the whole thing didn't sit well with me. A couple even a couple of years ago, I thought it was um, a very awkward insertion. I'm still going to say those words. That's my opinion on it. Obviously, you guys disagreed then. You can disagree now. I'm trying to move forward to this. The black supremacy stuff seems again a very awkward phrasing yeah, of whatever he's I trying to say. It doesn't make sense. It sounds really dumb to me. Um, it, it, it has no real logic into it. And I know he's doubled down on what he said on Twitter. This just seems, it, it seems like he put out a tweet, didn't think very well about it. And yeah, I mean, he's rightly so getting roasted, but I, I don't, I don't even kind of get where he was coming from on well, I understand like part of where it was coming from, but not the whole black supremacy thing, because I don't think that um, African Americans in general, like we don't, we're not trying to like dominate people. You know what I mean? We're just trying to fucking survive. You know, like a, a lot of us. I mean, to be honest, and I, I don't, yeah, that's that that whole like black supremacy thing. I just I, I don't understand what that's. But the, the everything else that he said, like yeah, like we you need if you want to defeat this whole white supremacy thing here in America and you want to stop racism here in America, you need to have, you need to convince Caucasians that this is, this, that this is a problem. And I think that's why we're seeing what we're seeing now is that we're finally seeing Caucasians on board because they're actually waking up and be like, holy shit, you are getting fucked still to this day. And that's why you see like mo some of the most avid um, supporters of the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, today are Caucasian, especially Caucasian women, which is kind of hilarious to me, but... Um, they're they're out there and just like fighting the fight, and they have no skin in the game, you know. And I, I'm happy to uh, see it, but yeah. I will say this: the only time I've actually really seen black supremacy is cuckold videos. <laughs> and, I mean, to be honest, put that out there. I mean, if you really want to see it, and it's work, there you go. Yeah, man, I was. He, he's a he's so a what about weird. The JK Rowling thing, he, man. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say he, he seems like a weird fucking dude, man. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'll i leave it at that. JK, I, I I'm not a, I'm not a Potterhead, so let me just start with that. I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's totally fine. I, I I'm not shitting on that fandom. I know it's fucking huge, but at the same time, um, she seems to keep pissing off her fucking fan base in in a lot of ways over and over again. With this specific incident, um, I I don't quite, and someone can pull up the quote, but I don't get if she was trying to make a biology scientific argument against them, or if it was more on the lines of "fuck those people," because the response seems to be, "oh, she's against these people," and then uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Hermione and all the others seem to be like, "fuck J.K." That's what it's looking like. Sorry, I don't, like, I don't know. 
she like wrote so today, about it. So today, I can't even read the whole thing because it's like a very long article now um, on her like opinion page about J.K. Rowling. Rowling writes about her reasons for speaking out on sex and gender issues. I can't read the whole thing because it's like basically too long. A fuck, it's a, it's an, a long essay, but yeah. I, I gotta, I guess, get to the original thing that she said. Maybe people mad, but I, I, I can probably bet that it was something that I was. Yeah, what was that? The, the original thing. That's what I'm trying to find. But she's just like she said, turf wars, in like one of her tweets. It, it's kind of funny. Like, wrap it out. Said gender dysphoria. Yeah. We believe in free speech. Okay, so that's like. Yeah, I, I can't. It's goddamn. I hate the internet sometimes. You know mm -hmm. when they just like. Yeah, I don't. I, they they've done they're diluting everything. I, I need to see like her actual thing that she said. Uh, original tweet, or I think it was an article post. I don't know if it was a tweet. Was it? I, I've, at this point, I, have I no don't. Idea. I don't know. I just saw people going. Because I, I wasn't sure. I think it might have been like an interview, and someone asked her about. Um, trans females, and she said she felt a certain way, and then boom, she stepped on a landmine, and everything blew up. Yeah, so we can't, we're not gonna do this on this podcast because it's gonna take too fucking long to like actually go through the whole thing because it's like we gotta read fucking stories and essays <laughs> on this shit, and it's not, this is not an easy answer. Um, I was not prepared to talk about this, I don't think any of us were, obviously, at this point. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to this at a certain, uh, at another time, because unless you said something that was, like, really outlandish, which I can't find, this is what the problem with the internet is, I want to find what the fuck she said that was fucked up, instead of her response of what she said that was fucked up, you know what I mean? Remember when we were talking about, uh, Doja two weeks ago? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and we were, yeah. And we were like, do we have the receipts of, like, what actually happened, other than the reaction? And it was just kind of buried in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. From what I'm reading, from what I'm reading, the tweet that came under fire is she uh, tweeted about a headline, and the headline said "People who menstruate," and she put something under it saying "People who menstruate." I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. She <laughs> tweeted on Saturday. Someone help me out. And she puts "Wumben" like W-U-M-B-E-N. W I Wim Pun or whatever, kind of like mocking like women, women, but like spelling in all different ways and stuff like that. And I guess the transgender community got pissed at her for not understanding that there are, uh, I guess, transgender people that do menstruate but are not oh. necessarily women. That's, that's based on what I'm. Yeah, that's news to me too. I that, mean, that's news. Mm, I mean, unless to me. unless you can. I guess transplant a uterus into yeah, somebody. I mean, that's just one. this is on just basic biological shit. I mean, if you can do that, that's news to me. Then yeah, I guess and if, if you can change your your chromosomes, then yeah, then you'll be a woman. But as far as I know today, like it's not really possible. I I, I, I don't know. I don't really. I don't know the progression in, on science on what. To happen surgical to have people menstruate or, or whatever I, I I don't know that or I'm gonna pretend like I understand 
Um, but I guess people were pissed off that she's refusing to uh, maybe acknowledge that people other than women, which I guess would include transgender people, do or can menstruate or something like that. And then so people out to her and she maybe wasn't trying to hear that. Yeah, I mean, from what I just read, I've seen a, I've seen a bunch of comments. I've seen stuff about, you know, there are trans men who can menstruate, and there are trans women who I guess menstruate. And I was like, well, this is confusing to me, so I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm just gonna read what everyone's saying and just be like, okay. Yeah, these are all these are and all then, they're, they're, these are fucking landmines, and it's just the people that are just gonna no matter. I feel like no matter what we say at this point. Definitely things that I've said people are gonna be mad about, but no matter what any of us say at this point, it's gonna be a landmine. People are gonna be fucking angry about it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just like I I can't. It's hard for me to separate biological things from other things. I I, I can't speak on these other aspects. You know. Exactly. I can't. I can't say that I can either. I'm looking at a biological standpoint, and then, and then the trans community is like, well, there's different and new information information that i don't know so i'm going to refuse to comment until i get new this new information and go from there let's switch it up then maybe they have uterus replants i don't i don't fucking know so let's switch it up then what's going on with the flash dude getting fired what's going on oh man man this is all bad because i actually like his character so to preface if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about uh sawyer or hartley sawyer he plays the elongated man on The Flash. He's been on since season three, I believe. And they're on season six now, or seven. And someone found out some tweets from 2012, and he had some pretty disturbing tweets. There, some were misogynistic, some were slightly racist, some were blatantly inappropriate. And it's just like, wait, what the hell? I, like, funny? I was reading through him, and I was like, this guy was trying to be a comic, but he's fucking terrible. Yeah, that's okay. what he's trying to like. Um, so now he's paying the consequences, which is yeah. kind of bad because it was like eight years ago, but whatever. Eight years ago, but this, he got fired all the How old was he? How old was he? Because transition into Wahlberg, but how old was he when those tweets happened? An adult? Um, yeah, he was an adult for okay. sure. Not like Wahlberg, who was 15. Which, before you get into what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but we'll, we'll come back to him. Hang on. Uh, I can get you Hartley Sawyer stuff. But, I mean, did you... I know that Cronus just said he read some of his tweets. Did any of the rest of you read some I of read them. Tweets? I read them. Yeah. They were bad. Yeah, terrible. I, they were terrible jokes. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, the I, Al Sharpton one was all bad. I was like, really? Really? I'm going to say this real quickly. Um, This kind of reminds me of Deja Vu with James Gunn. In, in a lot of ways, in terms of retroactively going back and um, uh, terminating somebody for for things that were done uh, a long time ago uh, that were fucked up, you know, if you read them as if you read them as kind of factual statements of his belief, then they, they seem fucked up. Um, but at the same time, this guy is nowhere near as important to Flash as James Gunn is to Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, uh, and, and maybe Marvel as a whole. So it does suck for him. It seems like he, he put his foot in his mouth. I feel, and, and people may disagree or hate me for this, but 
I feel a little apprehensive on the aspect of retroactive terminations uh, for, for tweets that you as CW should have been aware of, if you you know, at least over these last four years. It just seems like we're, we're angry about other stuff nationally, uh, rightly so, and let's go back and look at his old tweets and be angry about him too. Uh, I mean, he's been with the CW for a minute because he's on one of their other shows. Yeah. And now, I mean, he plays with... Right now, I don't know if you guys are watching, he's in a very, like, interesting um, story because Flash ended in a um, cliffhanger, pretty much, which is rare for the Flash. But there's literally four different storylines, and his storyline is part of, like, the main overall story arc so it's going to be weird to see if they recast or if they kill him off he's going to die yeah yeah man it, this isn't quite the same situation of like you know batwoman losing the lead character but no she quit she quit versus getting fired that's what we're yeah. looking at well they, they still you're lost absolutely her. right <laughs> they definitely lost her is what prodigy said yeah so, but it's it's not a good look for the Flash, and it also sets a really weird additional precedent of, hey, <laughs> you got to go back six, seven, eight, ten years to when you were first on Twitter and delete everything. Well, this is, I mean, this is, God damn it! All right, listen, we're, we're going through some ser some serious civil unrest right now, and I get yep. that, but you you can't cancel everybody. All right, so mm. let's like real be, let's be real careful about, you know, the the people are getting the power right now, right? They're getting some power back in their hands, but let's not overwield that like certain police officers. All right, let's not destroy people's entire careers for some shit that they said when they were basically, you know, undeveloped humans. You know, if you if you're in your early twenties, you're un, you're an undeveloped human, and you can also overcome shit that you've gone through when you're listen i've said some really fucked up shit when i was young really fucked up shit when i was young thank goodness there was no twitter back then yeah. but i grew up and now that i'm in my 40s i've seen my my failures as a young man and i have grown you know and i think that a lot of people they don't they're this cancel culture has gotten so like ridiculous don't, don't get me wrong there's still some shit that you know, it's kind of, un it's sort of unforgivable, but it's like when you're young, it, this, this goes back to American culture where, um, where we're ingrained with this whole like prison complex thing where somebody can't really be forgiven for anything. You know, yeah. like if, when you go to prison and you get out, you're still branded a criminal. Like there's no reform there. Like there's, they have rehabilitated you. Like, listen, if you don't think that you've grown and you're more wise than when you were when you were in your early 20s or even before that, then there's something really fucking wrong with you and you're lying to yourself. Like, mm -hmm. that, that's the easiest way I can put it to you. You're, you're basically full of bullshit. Um, <laughs> and you need, re really need to think about that when you think about like trying to cancel somebody from some shit they said eight years ago when they're still relatively young. You're like, if you want to bring it up and talk to them about it, yeah, I get that. Like, have them do a public statement and talk about it, you know. But yeah. just immediately counseling somebody or some shit they said, like, such a long time ago when they could have likely changed their whole life around for whatever reason. You know, it's like 
perfect example is like, uh, you know, my girlfriend K-Mac. She had no idea about, you know, black issues until like two weeks ago. Yep. No idea. And that's all a lot, a lot of Americans are right now. Was it their fault? Not necessarily, but, you know, they're understanding now. And it, you can see human growth in all these people. You know, they might have ignored all the shit before because they just didn't see it. They didn't understand how it hurt somebody. But now they do. Well, you don't give them a chance to really explain themselves. You just cancel immediately. What if they've grown as a human being? They might not have. I mean, don't get me wrong. They might still be a piece of well, shit. Did we, learn, did, we learn, did we learn any fucking thing from James Gunn? Because these same comic book fans, which I consider myself one, cheered and, and, and loved the fact that James Gunn got rehired, basically after being canceled, quote-unquote, for almost a year, wasn't it? That he, yeah, that he was, yeah. you know, given the boot? Yep. And and a lot of people, maybe about half of them, felt that that was too harsh because they loved his movies and all of that. And then when he got brought back on, he was celebrated. And so his stuff from the past, his old tweets, are still, you know, still happened, still occurred. And none of that changed those old tweets. But I, I, I just don't like the precedent. I really, I really don't. Uh, that and the fact that I got dick pics out there that are going to yeah. not let me, you know, be able to run wild uh, in my old age. Yeah, well, that and your uh, questionable live-action food pics. Yeah, man. You know you know, I can't get hired by CW. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. You can't hire by any, any public figure. That You can't mm-hmm. run for office. You can't be on TV. None of that nope. stuff. Well, I mean, YouTube yeah. is barely passion don't get me wrong like if somebody has like a like a serious history like if, if you did shit in like you know eight years ago and you continue that behavior up until today yeah. then yeah you've got a fucking problem but if you said something like eight years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever and you have exhibited none of those same behaviors up until today it's like perhaps they have like changed like people can grow and i, yep. I think that this is this is just it's it, i almost think this is almost uniquely american because we are so used to people we're so used to just like judging people and like saying that this is how they were then this is how they're going to be for all time and not just like understanding that people can grow and it's like as a society we're kind of fucked up and it's I mean, it, and it shows today you know as a society we're still fucked up because we we ignored so many fucking issues here in america you know, and, and this, like, the issues that I'm talking about here in America, those were ongoing issues that people ignored. That's the yeah. shit that people should be focused on, because it's ongoing. But if somebody said something that's fucked up, like, you know, years ago, or like, a whole, a fucking long time ago, let me talk to the person today. If they have the same views, then yeah, they're a fucking piece of shit. But if they don't, and they can explain themselves, then just, you, we need to be able to forgive. And I, if we can't, yeah. if you can't forgive somebody when they're sincerely... Uh, sorry about what they've done and they've changed their ways, then as a society, we're never going to move forward. Ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. And I don't believe you, CW. You definitely had background checks. You're, you're a yeah. major, you know, you knew about this. You didn't just find out about it in 2020. Uh, yeah. Stitch, you wanted, to, you wanted to switch gears to someone in Boston that had a history. What, what were you going to say? Well, I saw it on, uh, I guess, one of your Facebook posts. Someone oh, brought to boy. your attention about uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, I had known Mark Wahlberg did some some crazy wild racist like some there's, there's a difference between like maybe like some high school level doing some dumb ignorant shit but he brought it to a, a different level um, back in the day 
so much so that he has his own Wikipedia section uh, for hate crimes under yeah. his name. <laughs> Call them what they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Multiple. <laughs> this and it, it does a really good transition from the, the other one, the other um, guy from The Flash. Um, just real quickly, just call the guy in the principal office, have a talk with them, and then determine, like, all right, did he change? Is he the same? Blah, 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 blah. With the Wahlberg incident, um, he chimed in about the Black Lives Matter movement and sort of trying to show his support for everything going on. And everyone's like, um, yo, we got your resume right here. Like, <laughs> we we see what you've been doing in the past or whatever. You need to just sit this one out and just, like, keep your head low. Keep your head down. Um... If someone can, I, I guess, pull up the exact specifics of shit he did, but he was on some, like, wild, like, leading mob type shit in high school, from what I remember correctly. Well, he's from Boston, right? But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Boston, I've, I've never been to Boston. I have no desire to go to Boston. I got it. Boston's a different spot. But I got um, it. for me personally, okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, again, this is straight from the Wikipedia that has the sources, so don't, don't nobody, you know, try to... Discredit this. This really happened. There's two incidents. One in 1986 in June. He's 15 years old. Got three friends chased after three black children yelling, kill the N-word, kill the N-word, and throwing rocks at them. And then the next day, Wahlberg and others followed a group of mostly black fourth graders, including one of the victims from the previous day, taking a, a field trip on a beach, and they yelled racial epithets at them and threw rocks at them, uh, summoning other white males to join in in the harassment. And then in yeah, August, Wahlberg was how old at the time? Fifteen. And then 15. in August, okay. the civil right, a civil action was filed against Wahlberg for violating the civil rights of his victims, and the case was settled the next three months. Separately, um, there was an incident with Vietnamese, South Vietnamese, um, or Vietnamese uh, uh, folks as well. I'm looking at that was was in April of 1988. So after. The, the stuff with the black fourth graders in April of 88, uh, while high on PCP, then 17-year-old Wal Wahlberg assaulted a middle-aged Vietnamese man on the street and called him, quote, Vietnamese fucking shit, and knocked him unconscious with a large wooden stick. But then when he, when he paid the settlement, that was what? Like, what year was it that you said that happened? So, uh, 86 for the black black kids. But when, when, he, when, he, had to, when he had to pay... That was 86 as well. So when he was a 15-year-old, he had to pay a settlement? No, there was a... a well, it, at least that's what it's saying here. I, I, I thought you were saying that the incident occurred at that time, yep. and then it, there was it no... Was set, it, it was settled the next month uh, from... from So it's September of 86. It was settled. That's what it's saying, sitting here. I don't know how it works in Boston or Massachusetts, okay. but, yeah, I, I mean, but again. Because you can't, well, I don't want to say what you can or can't do. It just, I would have to read it for myself and look over it because essentially you are, you're, you can't, are you, is it implying that you're stewing a 15 year old for something that he said that was racist or whatever? I don't understand that. I don't know how the laws work. I have to read that specifically the way I thought you, you put it was that someone retroactively went back and yo, he did some fucked up civil rights shit and in order to sort of keep that from coming out or whatever, it, he got paid off recently. So I'll go back and I'll read that. Um, yeah. Mark Wahlberg was a piece of shit when he was 15, 18, 15 years old. 
between 15 and 18, he was a piece of shit. I get that. He is now how old? Uh, He's got to be almost 50, if not 50. Hold on. In his 50s and everything he's, like that. He's 49. He's 49 years 49. old. 49. I'm not going to say, yeah, he gets a pass for what he did 35 years ago. Yeah, it was. I mean, we can say, yeah, it was fucked up. And, yo, you're a piece of shit when you're a kid. Um, I'm not about trying to cancel him on that shit. Uh, because I'm sure that since then, I would hope since then, uh, he's done a lot of, I guess, growing up. Um, both sure. mentally, physically, obviously. And, I mean, he was a... Boston has a reputation, what are they called, Southeast uh, in Boston, for being a highly racial town. Even though it is up, is it is north, I'm sorry, city. Even though it is up north, there are a lot of racial issues going on in Boston. Ironically, the Boston Red Sox put out a statement today, I don't know if you saw that, uh, admitting to some of the, the racist behavior from their fans that has been reported through several other star athletes recently, uh, Tory Hunter, who's an all-star player for the, uh, uh, he, he's hopped over from a lot of teams, but uh, for the Twins, he put out something saying that he had in his contract a no-trade clause to Boston because he just mm. did not want to deal with the racist fans there. And uh, obviously with everything going on, the actual franchise of Boston came out and be like, yo, we're sorry. We that we do have a history for having some really racist fans in the crowd, etc. Um, I don't hold it against Wahlberg. If he has grown as a person, if he's putting on an act and he's hiding all this racist feelings for 35 years, give him an Oscar. But uh, <laughs> I don't. I'm not can mad. I just can I just say this though really quickly? I'm I am someone who can look at someone's past and in general forgive. These are hate crimes, though. There's no doubt about it. What I am a little bit upset about is there should have been some level of holy fuck moment with your agent or your, the studios in the '90s, you know, because he even had a you know singing career and whatnot, a rapping career or whatever, as Marky Mark or whatever. There should have been some level of canceling very close to the early 90s and, and whatnot, uh, early uh, early 90s with him, that would have been great. You know, just in terms of, hey, you know, you were 17 years old and uh, looks like you tried to kill a Vietnamese person for no fucking reason other than them being Vietnamese. But um, I I do agree with you. I'm, I'm hopeful that he's obviously at a 49 year old years of age, he's, uh, he's grown up and this is completely different from who he is now. Old Ninja, you got anything on this one? Uh, I think that kind of covered most of it. I mean, we talked about racism in Boston, and he's a 49-year-old man with a family. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I guess on the side note, we got to remember, though, when he was a teenager, his brother was part of New Kids on the Block. So his yep. brother was out touring and whatnot. His brother didn't have a name yet. And there's talk that it was his older brother, Donnie, who saw what he was doing and brought him on tour, yeah. which gave him the inspiration to do something different, to change his life. Yeah, so, I I and I if, if that were the case, because I don't know, I didn't fact check this, I'm hearing only through, you know, word of mouth, or it might be in his Wikipedia, but from what he did as a kid from versus what I have seen him do, 
in his professional life, what he's done with Entourage, which he's done as a producer, which he's done with, um, um, what's that, uh, Ballers, which I was watching, like a bunch of other shows that he was, you know, trying to either make amends, give back, or basically be a better person. After 35, 30 something plus years, I would imagine there'd be some kind of fundamental change at the very least. Uh I'm, sc I'm scanning over the Wikipedia, and uh, there's important notes that you did leave out, or maybe I was, I was trying to, I was so wrapped up in trying to understand the the civil aspect of it. But during the second incident, it stated that he was, I guess, high on PCP. Seventeen-year-old went after Vietnamese, and uh, Wahlberg was charged with attempted murder. He pled guilty to felony assault and was sentenced for two years in jail. He only served 45 days and everything. He got a slap so, on the wrist. He got a slap on the fucking wrist. That, the, that that's put a slap on the wrist is, is probably more punishment than what he got for for that and everything. And it goes in to mention that he it is believed that the second victim permanently was left permanently blind in one eye. Uh, and then it goes on to say that uh, I, Wahlberg attempted to have a uh, applied for a pardon for the convictions. Oh, and, uh, well. in twenty in two thousand six, uh, and then has I guess talked with the guy and. Hold on, I want to back you up really quick. The person that was blind in one eye, it was a rumor. If you read the next line, it says that person said that he lost his eye during the Vietnam War. Right. There's some questions about. I guess yeah that. But still, that 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 is barely any kind of slap on the wrist for uh, someone who, even being young, definitely should have known better because of the, the the stuff that happened two years ago. So this this is foul. Um, I'm I'm not putting it saying 49 year old Mark is is the same as 15 17 year old Mark. But Jesus Christ, man, what the fuck? And you got to remember when he did this. This was in the 80s totally different time and we didn't have the internet we didn't have twitter facebook and all that so he's able to run him up and not get caught basically what people do on playstation and xbox they do things knowing <laughs> that they won't get they won't be consequences so they can name their they can literally have their gamer tag or psn be the n-word killer or n-word newser yeah, or whatever the hell but, they want but I just the, let's just make a distinction though. Yes, it's wrong to use racial epithets. I get that old ninja, but I'm putting that in a whole different category. From of course, of attempted murder. I get it. I get it. I get that. But I, my context is that he did things knowing that he can most likely get away with it, and that's and, what. And also, also in '92, there was a, uh, an incident where. Wahlberg, he got in a fight with Wahlberg. Wahlberg got in a fight with his neighbor and uh, kicked him in the face. Uh, pretty much whipped his ass. But it says that Wahlberg and his friend, Wahlberg's friend was black, was called a racial slur by this neighbor and mm. then whipped the neighbor's ass. So he's fucked up, I guess, Vietnamese people back in the day and or in the 80s. He was saying, kill the N-word, kill the N-word. But then, in 92, he's fucking up white dudes for saying black slurs. So, he's, he's, he's got violent temper issues. He needs anger management. <laughs> he needs to talk to his mother. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> How's your mother? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you got it. Damn. <laughs> All right, let's yeah, if, if you haven't seen it, that's the uh, it's the uh, Saturday Night Live skit. It's on there. Yeah, yeah. that's what he always says. All right, let's move on to some other yeah, some other bullshit. This has to do with CrossFit. Oh shit! I didn't think it was oh, a yeah. CrossFit got canceled, y'all. God damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, this is kind of funny because I'm actually not a fan of CrossFit, which I'll get into in a minute. It's probably going to anger some people. Um, but I'll break it down for you. It's all good. I actually have really good friends that still do CrossFit. I mean, if, if, if that's how you get in shape, go ahead and do it. But just understand that. I'll, I'll break it down in a minute. Anyway, the CEO of CrossFit, the guy who invented CrossFit, Greg Glassman, um, he got fucked up in a tweet again. Someone else with a tweet. So apparently the Institute mm-hmm. the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation tweeted out, racism and discrimination are critical public health issues that demand urgent response. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Read our director's response, or, sorry, read our, our director's statement at some URL. And then Greg Glassman responded to that, the CEO of CrossFit, and said it's, it's Floyd19 trying to say that it's, COVID-19 and Floyd, Jesus. you know, just like really fucked up tweet. And then apparently he was on some call with some CrossFit folks and he said some other fucked up shit. And he said, uh, let me see if I can find it right here. I was called a racist yesterday for the first time in my life. Likely not. I'm just saying. First, <laughs> first times anybody hinted at it, at that, and it didn't hurt. It pissed me off. I had the same reaction I would have if somebody paid, painted a pedophile on my door. I wanted to... Hold on. Where the fuck is... I'm finding the wrong fucking response here. Oh, here we go. That's this all right. Is, uh, there's a, there was a... Uh, there was 10 CrossFit affiliate owners uh, and executives on a call with Glassman that lasted nearly two hours. And Glassman said, We are not... We're not mourning for George Floyd. I don't think we or any of my staff are. Can you tell me why I should mourn for him? That's what he said on a fucking call. And then after that is what I just said. He, that he was mad that he got called racist. Um, if you don't understand why you should maybe mourn him or just be concerned, like, maybe you might be. Right. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, you fucked up. Now he, he had to step down for being the CEO of CrossFit. Reebok canceled uh, their sponsorship. That's what led him to probably stand down. Is that that cost his organization money, millions of dollars? Because you know Reebok's sponsorship yep. of CrossFit is like that's the reason why you see CrossFit on ESPN. The CrossFit Games is because of yep. Reebok and Rogue Fitness and a bunch of other ones. Um, I'm glad that uh, Reebok was like, "Yo, what the fuck? You can't be saying shit like that." So I had a problem with CrossFit as a aging athlete from like early on and this is like so KMAC used to do CrossFit and I was like I don't like CrossFit but if you can get in shape with it feel free um so I supported her doing CrossFit but I generally don't like CrossFit and I have really good friends of mine that still that still do CrossFit um my problem with CrossFit is that they're doing Olympic lifting with high reps for a certain amount of time and that's not generally how you stay in shape and stay healthy like when you're doing lifts or olympic lifts it's meant to do like once or twice maybe three times usually once 
like you're not doing it for time multiple times in a row like and you're not and you're definitely not um competing against somebody else for how many times you can do it i'll give you a perfect example if we're if uh if i ask you to do 20 push-ups right now by yourself you could do 20 push-ups right you do them perfectly correct if you could do if you could do 20 push-ups you would do them like the correct form but if i told you hey i'm in a big competition you and some other guy who can do 20 push-ups the fastest what are you gonna do you're gonna cheat those fucking push-ups fast and wrong yeah your phone's gonna go it's gonna go to shit immediately so that's the reason that's my main problem with crossfit and all your crossfitters want to argue with me i don't give a shit i'll fucking choke you out so go fuck yourself <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say, I, I know we've talked about a little bit of cancel culture already on this podcast, but I'm doing a 180 on this one. I think this is a good one. This is not something where it's like 10, 11, 12 years ago. Well, you this is like 22 years of age. This is a few days ago. This is this is right now. Uh, you know the climate that's going on. You're talking specifically insensitively about Floyd, who was murdered. Uh, and you you literally don't give a shit, but you're the head of... Is this a publicly traded company? Uh, I don't know if CrossFit is, but I mean, they're okay, fucked now. In, it, yeah, no matter what, it, it's still fucked up, but you're the head of this company that has name recognition all over the country, all over the, of the fucking globe, really. You should know better. You, you, you know that you have to, um, at least, even if you feel this dumb shit, say the right things. And if you're going to put out it, it out on it was a public tweet, right? Yeah, uh, the yeah. tweet he responded well, all to publicly. Are public, unless you're a private account, which in which case you probably don't know how to use Twitter. Like if you listen, yeah, it, anybody that's out there, if you have a private Twitter account, you done fucked up. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. So again, out there for everybody to see. You got called out. It. You lost your fucking job. You lost your fucking sponsorship. It's hurting people who who do train, you know, and, and, and compete in those. Those athletes win a decent amount of money, you know, and they take this shit very seriously, and yeah. all of them are being hurt based on your bullshit. Let me give point number two about my problem with CrossFit, all right? So CrossFit was created because the guy that created it, Greg Glassman, he, he wanted to have a way for people with chronic injuries to get in shape. Greg Glassman looks like he's not in shape. So the guy that created CrossFit has not been in shape since... Crossroad was created, and he's not in shape today because he has chronic injuries, which I totally understand. I don't know exactly what he has, but you can't create something to fight chronic injuries. Meanwhile, you have chronic injuries, and you're not in fucking shape. So the guy that created it definitely does not believe in what the fuck he even created. Like, the guy's not in shape. He looks like a sloppy fuck, to be honest. It looks like he's, he's 63 years old. Nobody gets passed. I I think this canceling was awesome. I actually cheer this one. Yeah. I do have a question though about um, and I want to go all the way back to the first topic. But what's your thought, Kronos, on the banning of the carotid or chokehold from police department? Yeah. So, thank you for asking that question. So for me, unless your life is immediately in danger. All right, I always give this. So, if you're a police officer or any human being on the planet, if your life is immediately in danger, use whatever means you have to save your life. All right, definitely. Like I think that 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 should be a clause for for anything. Like if you if you really feel that way, and you can prove it, obviously save your own life. But 
a carotid artery choke is not a control position. It is a position to incapacitate somebody. And that's what it's for. And if somebody is already in handcuffs, if they're already physically restrained, using a carotid artery choke or any choke whatsoever on somebody that's already restrained uh, is not needed. And it's coming from somebody that is um, pretty close to an expert on these things. So I've, like I said before, I've been choked thousands of times. I've choked people thousands of times doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So, yeah, if you have somebody in handcuffs, there should be no need to, 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 to choke somebody. Um, it's definitely not... Um, it's not a go-to move as far as, like, trying to restrain somebody. You can restrain somebody without choking them. And if you don't understand that, then you need better training. What are your thoughts on it, man? Uh, well, before I give you my thoughts, so, uh, and I think you articulated it very well. So when it comes to places or departments or just universally banning it, would you say you are pro that or against that? I am pro it, but with a clause. All right, my clause was, if you believe your life is immediately in danger, but it's the same thing with using a gun. If you believe your, your life is immediately in danger or, or their person is endangering somebody else, then yeah, that's lethal force. A, a carotid artery choke, that's lethal force. And I think that most people don't really understand that. If you cut off the blood to somebody's brain for long enough, they will fucking die, 100%. And it, we, we, people are trying to, they're starting to understand that now, but it's definitely not something that you use to just, to simply restrain somebody. You use it to, to turn the lights off. And then if you keep holding it on, you kill them. And I think people are not educated well enough to, to really understand that. It's not something, it's not a restraint tech. It's not to restrain, it's to kill. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I haven't heard a convincing argument against that. If somebody wants to sit down with me and talk about it, I know we can. But, but yeah, it's it's a couple. Of it, I, I just wanted to hear your your thoughts on it um, because obviously it's a, it's a premier you move in jujitsu yeah. uh, and everything. Um, I've never used it before. I've been trained on how to use it and applying it. Um, so when I do see that people are trying to like universally sort of ban it, I'm kind of like, eh. you need to be able to know when you should use it and yeah. you need to be able to know when to properly use it and everything. Um, the times where I've been trained on it, just as importantly it is on how to apply it and everything is the um, sort of post application of the, of the hold and everything. You need to make sure that uh, you're calling for medical help because essentially you did, I like the way you put it, you turn the lights off. I mean, I almost think that's the way one of my instructors put it. You're turning the lights off, the, their whole system is rebooting. So you need to immediately start applying medical care to the person because the body's not supposed to be just shut off completely and then started back up. Yeah, um, totally. And also, like you said, it's... Oh, no, okay. Yeah, so I'm just going to pause real quick. Sorry. So there... This is the problem that I have with, like, poor police training, um, especially when it comes to, like, uh, unarmed combat, is that I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a long time, and I know um, when I'm doing a rear naked choke, there are physical signs to when somebody is done 
when I'm doing it, if they don't have a chance to tap or they decided not to tap, which it happens, there are things that happen to human body that are easily communicated to me as somebody that is applying the chokehold that will tell me that I need to stop or I'm gonna kill this person. And for me, it's when I'm choking somebody and their chest starts coming up and down, but it's in like a sucking motion and they're not getting oxygen in. And when their body goes limp. Those two signs to me tells me that the person is done, whether they know, whether they know it or not. All right, and I think that a lot of police officers that are not used to grappling and actually applying these chokeholds, they don't understand these physical signs of when somebody's body is done. And those to me is from like my years of grappling experience. Those are the two that tell me that it's done. It's the, the sucking in and out with the chest when nothing is happening and then their body goes limp. When the body goes limp, you fucking won. The sucking in and out, you know, that's when you like let up. Because I've had people that did that before. Like when the the sucking in and out when they're not getting oxygen, like that's usually when I, I know they're done. And when they go limp, they're definitely fucking done. And yeah. I think people, they, they don't recognize it because it's from a lack of training. The, the term that uh, most commonly gets used for when uh, you can apply it on certain departments is when a suspect is using active, I'm sorry, aggressive resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, there, for, for example, uh, passive resistance would be like if a person is asking you, sir, I need you to get out the car and yeah. you're just sitting in the car and you're just holding on to the steering wheel. That's sort of passive resistance or just being like, no, I, I'm, I'm not putting my hands behind my back or, or, or something like that. Uh, active, or I'm sorry, aggressive resistance is essentially you're uh, saying, okay, you're going to jail today and you see the person going for a weapon. Let's say there's a, a shotgun cabinet across the room and the person's bigger than you or something like that. And you just be like, all right, I can get in this wrestling match with this dude, but there's a good chance that he's going to be able to use his brute strength to get to a weapon. So I need to just end this quickly where that we're using a carotid choke would come in handy. But like you said, that comes down to training on being able to recognize when you need to use it, uh, how to properly apply it and remove it when, uh, I mean, you, you, a big part of it and a big thing of, of jiu-jitsu and you've talked about it before is like when you're sparring with people you have to have that control yeah. to know be like all right we're, we're, we're grappling and everything like that I give you the tap all right and everything I'm not trying to be macho and keep squeezing when you're saying all right my arm hurts or my joint hurts or you got to move on you have to be able to understand and be able to use that control especially in a situation where your adrenaline is going you might potentially be in the, the fight for your life where someone's trying to go go for a gun or a weapon or anything like that. And you need to realize that, okay, oh shit, this person's unconscious and they're not getting any blood to their brain, they're not getting any air to their lungs, but you're still hopped off on adrenaline and you're squeezing as hard as you can and potentially you're, you're killing the dude. So um, yeah. I just wanted to sort of ask that from the jiu-jitsu experience that you have. Um, and obviously, I, I see a lot of people posting the, um, the, it's a thing going around with like the something eight or whatever, the, uh, 
it's like eight, eight uh, Prodigy, I think, posted something of it, but it's like eight different things oh, that they want yeah. completely abolished. And I'm like, some of these things I can get on board with, just completely maybe getting rid of, but there are circumstances where you using a carotid choke would is more effective than an officer pulling out a, a firearm and just putting a, a, a nine millimeter to yeah, your, I mean, your face. If they're properly trained, yes, I, I agree. But the, yeah. the thing is for me, like when I think about restraining somebody, like an average person, I find that the a Kimura, which is like the Kiho lock or whatever the fuck you want to call it in Japanese, a Kimura is way more controlling for most people and way safer Especially when it comes to like handcuffing somebody because you literally you're putting their arm behind their back and you're getting their at least one arm in the position where you want it to go. That's way safer to to do. And it, worst comes to worst, you, you you know you destroy their shoulder, but they'll still live. But it's still it's a better controlling position for me than a renegade choke. A renegade choke for me, like a carotid artery choke or whatever the fuck you want to call it, to me that that's when you end things. That's like. It's really it's like I said. You want to turn the lights off, and it like it like if you don't know the signs, like I, like I said before, you can easily kill somebody. But when you do like a, a joint lock, like you're attacking a joint, and you might be too weak to do it, but you shouldn't be. I mean, like a warlock is it's not difficult to do because it, it's two on one. It's two arms on one of their arms uh, to do this, and, and it puts you in a better, better position to handcuff somebody and actually subdue them. A, a, a choke does not. Um, subdue I mean it can't subdue it'll, it'll turn the lights off but if you don't know what the fuck you're doing then you can kill them and so I think that it should be something that should be taught as like a last re it, a Renekin choke or a carotid artery choke should be taught in the same manner as shooting somebody to me especially when you're not if you're not familiar with the consequences or doing it multiple times in a row you need to think about it as like hey if I'm gonna do this choke it's basically like pulling out my gun and shooting somebody because that that's where it can lead to and that's where it has led to for a lot of people same thing with the knee on the knee on the neck i mean you're you're cutting off blood flow to the brain like the the easiest way for anybody to die the, 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 the knee on the, the neck brain. is not something taught the, the knee on the neck is something not taught that is just like just dehumanizing animal kind of like like when you're trying to lasso cattle and shit like that that is that is not anything that is is taught yeah at I mean, all it's, neon neck is not a thing especially when they're being controlled i mean you know what's hilarious is in um is in mma like it's legal to do the knee on the necks I, I you can watch videos of people that it's it's rare but you can do it and you, you mm. they you pass out relatively quickly um but yeah, I mean, if you want to control somebody, you don't have to, you don't need to have the knee on the neck. I mean, you just put the knee on the back or knee on the belly. I mean, knee on belly for like most people is like it's it's terrible. Like I honestly, once we can all see each other again, uh, Stitch, I mean, you should do a video and I'll, I will go through some of these jujitsu moves and I'll show you what it's like to have knee on belly. That'd be fun. Yeah, like knee on belly on somebody, it's like fucking soul crushing. Like seriously, like you, yeah. You just want to. We, we would do knee on sternum is, yeah. is the way they, they, yeah. And that's just like, ouch, this shit hurts, and you just feel you like your energy levels just like, Ooh. yeah, it's gone. And I, I can, <laughs> and to me, because I've been doing jujitsu for so long, I can survive knee on belly for a long time from a black belt, you know. But that's me because I've been training. But if you're somebody that's never trained before and somebody's put a, a knee, like all their weight on one part of your body, 
holy fucking shit. Like, you go into fucking survival mode, like, right away. And if you're handcuffed, and there's two other dudes holding you down, like, you're pretty much fucked, no matter how big you are. You guys got any input or thoughts, or... Um, no, I'll I let, mean you guys covered it on that one. Yeah, I was about to say I've had I've had knee in the stomach and I thought I was gonna puke up my guts. It was all bad. I've had guys fart before. It's hilarious. Even my instructor, I, I, <laughs> I've done it too. The on belly, like yes, any, any gas in your stomach, you're probably gonna fart. Yeah, I, I'll shit yourself. I, yeah, it feels like everything everything inside you is being crushed and is gonna squirt out like all your orifices. It's it's not a good feeling. No, no. Yeah. Do we have any be the MBTI question? Um, the other thing is not. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah. Uh, do we have any? Do we have any? Yeah, it looks like do. Blue had a couple. We, on. He's obviously yeah, not we do. Show. But we gotta wait for Blue to be on because he had some pretty good ones. Well, and so did uh, I think uh, Stu okay. had something too. Stu had one? one. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I'll bring it up in a little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead and talk. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. You about to say something? Oh, okay. He, he's looking that up. Um, you said like you had something you, you had off the off the cuff, or not? Yeah, just really quickly. Um, you know, the thing that really pissed me off. I, I've, I've talked about it a little bit on this cast. I'm kind of an economics nerd, and last Friday there was this uh, report on the unemployment rate. And they were saying, oh, surprisingly, it's gone down to 13%. Surprisingly, it's bullshit. Uh, literally the same day, they said, oh, there's a correction, and it's actually really 16%. Uh, Trump, of course, wanted to promote this as good news, like 13% unemployment is good news, which it fucking isn't. And said, oh, this would have been a, a, a this is a big day for Floyd, uh, George Floyd because employment rate was down, which was fucking disgusting. But um, lo and behold, again, uh, the unemployment rate, the real unemployment rate, because there was some some miscalculation stuff, is like somewhere in the 16 plus percent. This is unfucking heard of, man. Uh, none of us have lived through anything close to this. And they literally also came out with statistics saying the recession started in February prior to the Rona lockdown. And so, yeah. It, it's a devastating uh, global economy. I know this isn't an economics podcast at all, but holy fucking shit, man. Just hold on to your butts. This shit is not over from an uh, employment 20. or uh, financial statement. Standpoint. Uh, 2020 is not done with this yet, so just be wary of that. I'm just... just gonna yeah, we're, not, just, we're just at the halfway point. Yeah, right? 2020 is not done with this yet. There's more to come. I'm expecting Godzilla at any minute. Right now, Jesus, just coming. Are you trying to be the D? No, I can't find it. I, I could have sworn Dirty Stew tweeted at us, but now I can't fucking find it. Um, I, I guess one more thing, really quickly. Who got to see the Bill and Ted Facey music trailer? Well, I, I saw it because I, you know, I put what? it that, out on our page. That, yeah, that wasn't bad at all. I'm, I'm low key kind of like nostalgic, excited. I want to watch it. I mean. It, I'm excited. I've been waiting for this. A lot of people have been waiting for this for like more than two decades, roughly, since Bill and Ted's bogus journey, because a lot of people weren't happy with that one. This looks like this may fix all of that. Dude, I was so, I was a kid when that sequel to Bill and Ted came out, and I fucking loved both of those movies, man. Yeah, I know a lot of people didn't like Bogus Journey. They're just like, mm, but I guess. 
you know, they're coming back to this. It's going to be good. I know the daughters are in it, so it should be interesting. Uh, I'm excited. I, I, I found Dirty Stu's tweet. Yeah, man. All right, there you go. All right, go. He, he has a bunch of all. questions. He, he, he layered these. Jesus Christ. He said, oh, uh, I hope you and your families are safe and doing well, and it's fucked up time. Thank you. I hope you guys are doing okay, too. Um, I've got a feeling you've been asked this before, but here it goes. What's your favorite film, album, drink, and non-alcoholic drink? Also, God what damn, happened, that's a long list. Also, what happened right. to Porn Star of the Week? <laughs> <He's mad. laughs> Wait, were we? I thought we were just doing of the year. Were we? Oh, oh, I know what. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to do it during the week. You're right, you're right. I mean, we can bring it back. Bring it back. That was like... I feel like I need prep time. It's weird to say old <laughs> school for us because... I, well, we've been around for fucking five years now. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. crazy, so our, our SoundCloud account... Um, cause you gotta pay for them. Alright. It renewed, like, yesterday. Or today. I think it was today. This morning. I was just like, I looked at my account and I was like, oh. I guess I got charged for some new shit. And I was like, holy shit, this is like, when we first started using SoundCloud. Cause we used to use, uh, a whole different, like, audio thing. I forget what it was called, but they just didn't work mm-hmm. for us. Cause they didn't, they didn't save anything for the long no. time. I think it was called Clip. Clip, that's what it was. It's called Clip. And we, we couldn't use a bunch of RSS feeds. We couldn't get on iTunes. We couldn't, like, distribute that well. Uh, Clip, I hope you're doing well. Uh, if uh, you offer those <laughs> services now, I mean, holler at us. But uh, for right now, SoundCloud is the way for us to go. And we're distributed everywhere. But, yeah, it's weird that we've been around for, for, for this long at this point. So, yeah, five years of doing this podcast. Or a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Time flies. So what? What, are yeah. your what were the questions you were asking? It was what is your favorite film, album, drink? Oh, actually, we'll just we'll answer one of these. All right. So what is your favorite film? I guess we'll we'll start there. Yeah. My favorite film. Uh, I'll, I will give one that is uh, first thing that came to mind when I heard this question. One of my favorite films of all time. Likely one of my likely the best. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Fight Club. I fucking love Fight Club. That's great. That's one of my favorite yeah. movies of all fucking time. I can I go watch the shit all fucking time. You know what's crazy about Fight Club is that I watched it and I loved it, and it took me three times watching it to to like see all of the the hints that they had to show that Tyler Durden was crazy right from the jump. And you just you don't notice yep. it the first time you watch it through. It takes a couple playthroughs to watch it, because there's like serious like clues right from the get go that he's fucking crazy. What about y'all? Favorite That's film? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kill Bill. Kill Bill nice. Volume One literally has anime in it. It has Lucy Liu at her sexy ass Asian powers. Um, it has uh, Vivica. Uma doing her thing. It's a Quentin Tarantino one. It, it just, it's so watchable. And then the scene from Okinawa is one of my favorite scenes of all time, where he says, "You say arigato, like we say arigato." <laughs> yeah. That shit is this person. Yeah. Mine's got to be uh, seven. Oh. Seven is probably oh, seven's a good one. So fucking good, and like I can. Just be flipping through the channels and watch it every, all the time. Just 
especially the ending, it's just like, fuck. It's like you're watching like a, a great chess game. What's in the box? And you realize, <laughs> yeah, you realize it's it like, it's just checkmate at that point. It's just like, and you got Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and everything. It, it's so fucking good. So I, I got to go with seven. It's got to be the uncensored version oh, where they sure. show um, that's, that's you Lost. And you and Warrior Fellow. Oh, that one's fucked up. So, Warrior Fellow, that's his favorite film, too, was Seven. Oh, you said... Nice. You, okay, I didn't have to chat up. Yeah, Seven. As, so as you were talking, you said that, yeah. <laughs> Great minds, baby. Old Ninja, yeah. you, Old Ninja, what you got on this one? Uh, for me, because I'm such a movie file, it's hard to basically pick one, pick one. But the one film that's affected me the most, that still... I still find something kind of different every time i watch it is the original star wars original star wars literally redefined special effects for hollywood from then all the way up until today so i mean despite what stitch may feel about it it was one of the movies that like totally changed cinema forever oh ninja it also redefined uh, stitch's wardrobe i'm just saying Oh, man. Oh, that's a good joke. <laughs> that, that was so long ago. That was, that was, that was back when Mark Wahlberg was being a racist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. But yeah, yeah. for me, Star Wars. I mean, I, I w- if it was up to me, I'd include the original trilogy as one big film, but the, that's not fair. But the original Star Wars was the one I've seen it like a dozen times over. I can watch it again and still be entertained. So well, we we got to get down on some Battlefront two, because it was a free game. Oh yeah, yeah, free game, free game this month on PSN. In case you didn't know, it's both Modern Warfare World War two and Battlefront two. Alright, so we'll, both 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 good games. We'll answer two of Steve's questions, but not any more than that. Um, sure. And one in the chat. So also, what is your favorite album? Damn. So when he asked this, I was thinking like, hmm, what should I say? So I'm going to tell you the first thing that came to mind, even though it's like crazy depressing. And the the reason why it uh, it popped into my mind is actually like crazy depressing too, but I'm not going to talk about it on this podcast. But it's actually uh, Radiohead OK Computer. Okay. That's the first thing that came to mind. Might not be my favorite of all time, but that's the first one that came to my mind. I'm going to go with Pac, and I'm going to go with All Eyes on Me. When he oh, got came out of jail with that fucking fire yeah. in California love, holy up, shit, the world fucking changed. Yeah, that's... I, that literally, I, I wrote that one down. I have a notepad right here. I was like, I was like, whatever. So since you said that, I'll go with... Um, Dar- uh, I got to go with the... I have two Kanye albums. Like, 808s is when I was going through, like, a completely devastating heartbreak thing. <laughs> the same thing, but then I was and back because it was all fucking... <laughs> I hated that it was all the same fucking... Like, the the sound was all the same. But what he was yeah. saying, I felt. <laughs> yes. I was literally going to Starbucks in, like, fucking Hoboken and just sitting on the fucking patio looking at the skyline of New York City just fucking sad and miserable, like, fucking... Emo idiot or I was, whatever. I was in Iraq. Like, that music, fuck, hit. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it fucking hit me good or whatever. And like I, I don't. I'll probably go back and maybe listen to that album just to see if it still has that effect on me or whatever. Just, but it just spoke to me at that time. But uh, my dark twisted fantasy uh, is probably my favorite Kanye album. 
I think that, that, I that think. to me that's like his last good album. After that, it was like kind of meh. To be honest, that that power on there is still a banger. Yeah, like yeah. I will listen to that every day. Yeah, that that hits hard. Man, old ninja, what you got? <clears throat> um, I'm gonna throw y'all for a loop because this album I've listened to literally every track a bunch of times, and that is Portishead's Dummy. Which is their debut album. album. Yeah, That's I've listened album. to that over and over again. Even their follow-up album, which is uh, their self-titled album, that one, to me, is just as good. It's like a t- continuation of the first one. But Dummy, that's the one that, like, that fucked me up because it was a genre of music that I wasn't prepared for. Like, I had never heard anything like that. And it just, it, it was really just amazing kind of shit out there. It was great, but... It's probably my favorite album. Even though I have a lot of other ones that I can probably think of. I think um, L.O. Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out was a great album as well. Good shit. All right, last one, Kronos. Uh This is from Warrior Fella in the chat. He said, what he favorite to read and favorite to watch during the economic lockdown. I'm not sure if he's talking about comics or books. But I will say, uh, as far as reading goes I shit if, it, if it's comics right now um, I've been catching up on Batman comics nice um, it's been really good but I, I'm like way behind um, if it comes to books I've been reading a shitload of books or at least listening to a shitload of books and uh, A Weekend Online has still been like my favorite series uh, followed very closely by The Land by Dr. Aileron Kong, which I talked about on like a rant, but he is a, if you want to support a black writer, he brought the lit RPG genre to America. It's their literary RPGs. Basically, you're reading a fucking a game story about how somebody is stuck in a game and then they do their own thing. Um, but yeah, definitely re- pick up Awaken Online or, or The Land or both. They're both really good series. And if you're talking about, uh, what was the other one that you talked about? Uh, to watch, Jesus Christ, I'm watching 13th right now. It's by Ava DuVernay. Oh, wow. And I couldn't watch all of it yesterday, but it's basically confirming things that I kind of already knew about how America, like, fucked us and, like, broke down, like, how they fucked us post-slavery. Um, why there's so many African-Americans in prison right now because they basically wrote laws to put us in prison, to put us back in slavery. And these are facts. Like, if you don't believe me, just just watch the... Read the amendment, the 13th Amendment. Watch the, the show that I'm talking... The movie that I'm talking about. It's on Netflix. And uh, I guess come, come to your own conclusions. But these are things that definitely... Which is the, def- the, the detriment of African Americans. One of many things that was the detriment of us, and that uh, fucked us up as as human beings post slavery. So, if you have a chance, if you want to educate yourselves, if you're a, uh, a a person, if you're a Caucasian in America, you listen to this podcast or anywhere, uh, watch Thirteenth on Netflix, and maybe you'll understand a little bit of the plight of African Americans today because we're we're continually getting fucked over by the police and it's by design. And it's to make money for people. And it's fucked up. So yeah, go ahead. Well, love that. Uh, Stuck you go. 
What you got? Um, I've been sort of rewatching. Um, I wa- I've been watching Django or whatever. <laughs> all shit did pop off just because I was like, I just need to escape and go into a nice little fantasy world. Where we kill all the white um, people. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them. Um, I haven't got a chance to read too much. Um, I do plan on buying some nice uh, children's books because I, I really want uh, Storm to be bilingual in Spanish. And I figure, that I, I mean, everyone tells me like the earlier the better. But well, because of stitch. quarantine... Hold on, before you teach her Spanish, um, I would highly recommend uh, showing her sign language when you when you talk to her. Well, Lila was, has, has sort of uh, jumped on that boat and everything, because I don't know... Learn. I I'm, I should learn. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not going to learn. Uh, I, I just feel like I can handle the Spanish aspect of it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I know a little. I know a good bit of Spanish just from, from high school and college and everything like that. And I just feel like I can handle that aspect more of it than Lilo can. I don't know anything about sign language, well, let me, let me, so if Lilo wants to handle the sign language aspect, I'll well, help her out and I'll so let her. Pick let, up me, that. let me give. Let me give you the pitch. All right, this is why you should learn sign language with your daughter. All right, so they're gonna be able to sign to you way before they can fucking talk so you can communicate with them on a base level before they're able to talk so and you can just use like basic words like milk you know yes no shit like that they will understand that and like communicate communicate that with you way before they can speak any fucking language so it just like you can start with just 10 fucking signs just basic signs that's all you gotta learn to start off with and you can learn how to communicate with your daughter like really early on in her life definitely do still do spanish too but it's still talking like talking is actually really fucking hard <laughs> well yeah i mean I, I'm, I don't feel like i'm in a rush to try to, to make her understand my, my shit now i just figure like later on in life i feel that like learning being able to be fluent in spanish is would be massive a massive advantage oh whatever. yeah I, I don't. well i'm just saying just just add in the signing too because if you speak, you know, if you speak English, Spanish, and then if you sign everything that you're saying to them on a basic level as you're speaking whatever language, they associate all those things together. And yeah. But they're going to be able to sign first, no matter what, because it's way easier to do. True. So you um, Also... Oh, no, yeah. Um, no, no, go, go I was going to say, also... also Shit. Did he cut out? I think he did. We lose him? I think he dropped. He did. Okay. He got politically assassinated. Well, what? Oh, wait. Is he back? He's oh, back. No, sort of. There we go. Now he's back. Okay, that was weird. Um, I was uh, starting today, and I don't even know where I got this like big epiphany from. I started to like YouTube Malcolm X's speeches mm-hmm. because. I don't remember really any of them. Like we all know, like sort of famous like quotes and lines, like "Oh, Plymouth Rock landed on us," et cetera, et cetera. But that's like shit from like the movie. I don't. I was like, let me go and and actually see him speak and hear the actual raw words coming from his mouth. So I listened to one today, 
it was like an interview he did in like Berkeley. I forget the the actual year he did it in. And god damn, he's just like unapologetically black as fuck. Like with some of the shit that he's like saying, I'm just like, I mean, he, there is substance to what he is saying. I can't see oh, we lose him he again? Totally, he totally dropped. Oh, uh, he dropped. Um, so, yeah, I, you know what's funny is what he just said. So the quote that I said um, at the start of the podcast, like my actual intro, was was his words. <laughs> I keep, I keep awesome. getting booted. Oh, all right, you're back. Yeah. My bad. You're back. Uh, but I was, his shit is just unapologetically black. And um, it's, it's pretty, uh, I mean, obviously it's very well thought out, articulate. And everything, but it's just not sugar coated at all. Um, and it's just very interesting to see him do these interviews and hear his actual words come from his mouth and uh, just listen to what it is that he's saying. Not, say, not saying that I agree with 100% what he's saying, but just to sort of just hear it from his, his point of view of things. It, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Good shit. All right. Uh, I've mentioned this a billion fucking times, but. I'm finally uh, making some headway on fucking One Piece. Uh, I'm, I'm loving Weeb. that fucking series. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm like a quarter, <laughs> a quarter of the way through that shit. I'm gonna be a fucking pirate king one day. Um, and then in terms of reading, uh, I've been really on this fucking kick of, of more science books. I told you that I, I got the the subscription to Nature, so that's coming. Um, I'm reading a, a short history of nearly everything with Bill Bryson. I finished up Sapiens. Sapiens uh, was just, so good. Yeah, more science, science, science. Yeah, Sapiens was history. like one of my favorite reads uh, this year. It was such a good book. Good shit. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you followed up on that. Oh, really quickly too. If you do like Thirteenth, uh, the one of the people who's interviewed on very prominently uh, wrote uh, the New Jim Crow, uh, yeah. which is another excellent book. That's Michelle funny. Alexander, I think, is her name. Um, you'll you'll there's a deeper dive on a lot of those facts and statistics in that book so definitely check out check out that yeah, i'll pass it off to you i think that's next oh, on my list wow. to like read or listen to anyway um, once i'm done with yeah. uh, my latest book but yeah it's definitely up there to to read and it's just like getting k-mac into into all this and to her it's like i i feel bad it's, it's i feel a weird emotion having her like bringing her and like showing her all this stuff because it like it hits her hard you know what I mean it's just like mm -hmm. I think that's how it hits most Americans that haven't realized and this this comes to any ethnicity that didn't realize like what people are going through because we have people like you know I'll call her up by name like Candace Owens or even the Hodge twins or you know some other folks and even like to a certain aspect a certain aspect me you know it's like i i live uh a pretty good life you can call it privilege but it's privilege that i that i earned it's not so it's not really even a privilege like i earned everything that i got you know what i mean but there's a lot of folks out there they don't they don't see because of where they live or you know, because or because they just ignore stuff that they don't really recognize like what the fuck is really going on right now and it's really eye-opening to to see it like laid bare out there it's like yeah i haven't hit the same amount of racism as somebody that lives in like you know compton or something like that you know what i mean like i 
Yeah. I've very rarely been pulled over for for no reason. <laughs> you know, it's happened like once. I I've actually gotten out of way more tickets than I've actually gotten tickets, to be honest with you. But you know, for a lot of people, that's like a serious problem. And even still to this day, like when I'm getting pulled over, it's like, is this guy gonna be a decent dude or is he gonna be like an asshole? Like how how am I supposed to act to this police officer? Yeah. You know, that, that's that's concern for like a lot of people here in America. And I think that recognizing at least that like that small step uh, is the right way to go. Um, just 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 recognize it, you know. Let you guys go. Yeah, how, how do how do you feel about you going back and, and going through some of this stuff? Um, because we've sort of talked about like how we kind of don't feel like really watching like Twelve Years a Slave, like movies of that, because we kind of know it. We know wait, the what? painful history. Oh, yeah. I've, huh? wait, wait, hold on. None of you have seen that film? Well, yeah, I, I was just yeah, using that as like an example. <laughs> okay, because I, I, I was gonna say, I, I, I differ from you guys. I differ from you guys a little bit on if that's if, if that's your point. I actually enjoyed that movie quite a bit, and I, I, I don't, li- I want more history movies, even if they're slave movies. I, I actually do like the whole gamut of, of those oh. types of movies. Yeah, even Holocaust movies. Oh, let me just. I like watching them as well. Um, I enjoy that they that they exist, and I enjoy that it's like shedding a light on certain things. Like I'm, I'm not going to shy away from a movie, but I think that for me anyway, it's it's kind of embarrassing that you know I ignored stuff in my personal life that I went through at possibly the cost of others, and that's what I realized after the last. So I'm gonna be totally honest with you. After the last podcast that we did, I was editing the podcast, and I I started crying. <laughs> like as I'm editing the podcast and uh, putting it out there, so I'm just like I'm realizing that there's like all this shit that I've went through in my life that where it's like I've got like super thick armor, like I, I got super thick skin, like shit just rolls off me. But it's like listen, something that that can roll off me can like destroy somebody's whole fucking month. You know what I mean? Like the next person that that the person that that might say something to me that I'm just like you know fuck you, but I don't say it out loud. And then the next person they go to, it looks like me. They they say the same thing, and it's like they they can fuck up them, like you know their person, their whole yep. life. You know, it's just like recognizing that I can't let shit like that slide anymore. Was like kind of an epiphany. It's like I need to protect people, you know, that look like me from shit like from abuse like that because you might have you have to go through that. Some somebody that has to, somebody that might have to go through that way more than me. And I have resources at my disposal that people don't have. And even though for me it's by design, but obviously you might not have the same sort of upbringing or opportunities that I had. And that's not on me. It's not on you. It's just that's the way fucking life is. Certain people have certain things. Other people don't. But I'm realizing now that I might have been part of the problem when it comes to that. And that as of last week, that stopped. I'm just not putting up this shit anymore. Then maybe it's just me that where it's like, I, I, a lot of times when I go to the movies, I just want to be like entertained and I just, I don't want to leave the movies in a fatter place than when I entered the movie. Yeah. Not to say that I'm trying to like, um, completely keep my head in the sand about some shit that happened in the past. Like I, I'm aware of historical events and, I'm not gonna be like I know them all, but I don't want to pay 
$14 to go to a movie that I kind of know what the story is about and everything and then leave in a, in a pissed off mood. So I like, I don't really, I never really had the desire to go watch like The Help and everything. And I, I know that they are good movies and, and really, really well put out, but it's just like, I don't have the desire to see that because it's going to hit me in a certain way. Now, I've, I've, in the past, I've watched movies like Mississippi Burning and Time to Kill and stuff like that. And not to be like I completely ignored movies of that nature, but it just, for me, it's, it's like, all right, I got to sort of put on a, an additional level of armor if I'm going to watch these movies yeah. with Lilo because how I'm going to go wanna, back in my fields. How many do you want to get? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I, I, I think the last movie I watched that where I, I left the movie like really mad or pissed off was Fruitvale Station and everything. Yeah. And I was just oh, like, shit. I don't want to put myself through that and everything. And I was, just, I, I think I watched Fruitvale Station the same day I watched one of the X Men movies, if I remember correctly. <laughs> one of the, and I was just like, dude, I, I think I, I can't remember what time I watched first, but it ruined my entire day. Well, this is what I'm, yeah, it's kind of what I was alluding to is just like part of that is part of the problem is like we have people I mean like you know me and Stitch we're sitting together those are Caucasians and it's just like they don't know at all and so we when we avoid these things because we don't want to be upset and we don't want to upset our significant others it's like that contributes to ignorance for them you know like obviously we know Certainly. but they don't fucking know you know so that that's what I'm seeing now it's just like Maybe, like, what I was doing in the past was, like, not the right... Actually, I know. I'm, I gotta be honest. was not the right path for me to go. I should have brought up these issues earlier in my relationship and, like, have... Her, especially now that, you know, me and K-Mac have, you know, uh, an African-American baby. You know, like, she's, like, now saddled with these issues that she didn't really understand before adoption. You know, because, mm. you know, when we were doing adoption, we were just like, yeah, we, and this is, hmm, should I even say this? You've been drinking. Say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, well, we can was, rephrase. Yeah, I'm just trying to put it in a better way. So when we're talking about adoption, all right, um, you know, she really wanted to adopt and it got to a point where it's like, I mean, I wanted to adopt too, but. You know, she was super into it. She was looking at all the positive aspects for adoption. And, you know, we're open to adopt any any kid. And to me, I was like, hey, let's get a uh, an Asian kid with red hair. Super rare. You know, it's like, that'd be cool, right? <laughs> like, I don't care, like, who we got. Like, literally, that's, that's how much I didn't care, like, what kind of kid we got. And it got to the point where, like, we had a conversation talking about, like, adoption. I was like, well, you know, came back. Like, what if we adopted a kid and the kid like rejected you like how would you feel you know what i mean and that was like when i said that like the reaction that i got was like <laughs> it was really bad i mean she started crying because she didn't she never even thought about it and it was almost the same reaction to where it was very close to the reaction where she's realizing now that raising an african-american uh child in america right now is potentially highly detrimental to them you know and now that you realize that you know you have we have to go through like the talk and all this stuff um i don't think she it was something that she didn't really think about that much before because she wasn't just she wasn't educated about it 
you know, and that part of that is on, is on my part. Um, but it's just like, if you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. So, yeah, if, if you can educate, even if it's uncomfortable, you know, when we do, we've done all these, you know, recent podcasts about uncomfortable conversations and they've been received very well. So anybody that's out there, um, if you have a significant other that does not, is not of your same ethnic background, you should have conversations about what it was like to grow up, even if you were both minorities. Like, you could have vastly different, you know, backgrounds growing up, and you don't know what it was like for them to grow up. So, just just explain it, and you'd be surprised on what you can learn from each other. That's, that's what I've learned anyway. That's awesome. I, I mean, it, it, here's the other thing too. Even for black folks, there, there's there's plenty of stuff you can still learn. I wasn't fully aware because it was a little bit before my time about uh, the Central Park Five. I kind of heard of them, yeah. but I didn't know the whole story. This is another shout out to Ava DuVernay. I mean, that, that I put it on the list last year for uh, one of our nominees, but when they see us, was outstanding talking about some of these same issues. Uh, and that one, uh, it was like a, basically a mini-series on Netflix or whatever. I became more aware of things going on in New York City at that time. And Donald you know? Trump basically so, just telling fuck him, let's just kill them all. Not only just saying fuck them, I mean, he put out full-page front uh, New York Post ads to try to get everybody else in the city to be like, fuck them. And yeah. still, after being exonerated, was like, nah, they black and brown, they guilty. Yeah, this so, is Donald Trump's racism. Like, when people say, you know, Donald Trump's a racist, and they're like, no, he's not. Look what he's done for the African-American community, but go look at that. You know what yeah, I mean? There, 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 yeah, there's other yeah. stuff. He, he literally got sued a whole bunch of times for a housing discrimination of saying, you black, you can't live here. But, oh, old, I'm sorry, you, old, you didn't even get a chance to say some of the stuff you like. <laughs> I know, but these tangents were actually really good, so I'm, like, sitting here... Listening, but yeah, uh, I don't even remember. It was uh, what the book? Oh, reading. So I'm not really reading a whole lot right now. Um, I'm finishing up Immortal Hulk. I only have the first trade. Oh, I'm nice. trying to get the rest. And uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get. I've been trying to get my hands on the um, the Star Wars book, the Alphabet Squad, because that's been out for a while. But for some reason, people are sold out, and I can't like order it for some odd reason. But whatever. And then um, I'm catching up on older shows. I'm recently, um, I'm watching Bones and Sleepy Hollow because they had a crossover, which was weird. So that was weird. And then um, I'm actually waiting for two two big shows. I'm waiting for um, Umbrella Academy Season 2 to drop, which is next month. The Boys Season 2 is supposed to be next oh, month. Yeah. And then I'm waiting. Yeah, it's supposed to be in July, like late July. Oh, okay. And then... Um, and then in August, uh, I talked to uh, the Oathbreaker about this. Is uh, um, Lovecrafting Lovecraft Country? I'm waiting for yeah, that. That's gonna be probably that that new hotness. But those are the ones that I'm waiting for. But the shows I'm watching now are Bones and Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow to me is very interesting because even though it, it was on Fox for a while, it's a primetime show, but it's something you didn't really see where. The almost the entire principal cast is black, and the show is fantasy, horror, and a little bit of sci-fi. And the mm -hmm. two two of the big leads are both African American women, which is yeah, weird. Cool. You don't see very often, 
So, like, the three main leads was uh, Orlando Jones was on the show. It was him, uh, Nicole Behar, and I, I don't remember the other girl who plays his sister. But those the are red, the big the three belt. leads. Uh, yeah, she is lighter than Nicole, but they they play sisters, which yeah. is fine. Whatever. But the three of them, they led the show. That's three African-American leads on that show. And it had to deal with one of my favorite stories is the Sleepy Hollow story. I mean, yes, there's Ichabod Crane, who's white, but the rest of the cast is mostly black. So yeah, that's an interesting. I like that one. It is good. I never got a chance to finish it, so I went back. And then going back now, they actually introduce a a deity from like egyptian mythology who's black like he's he plays um if you watch spartacus he plays like the um i forget his title he's basically the guy that trains everyone in the slave pit to to fight he played he trains the gladiators and um he's actually so far he's pretty good on sleepy hollow so it's actually a really interesting show it's on hulu so you can check it out there there you go. Should, should, should we should we wrap it on up? But I, I know we can't do another four hour one. No, we can't. Plus, I gotta update my Call of Duty. Yes, <laughs> let's wrap it. Uh, real quick, rapid fire. Uh, Stitch, what you got? Any, anything popping this week? Uh, I'm just gonna sort of just chill. I plan on um, watching the Boondocks. Um, nice. I couldn't find them on Netflix. Cause they, I don't know where they fucking shuffled them over oh, to. But uh, I try, to wait, eat. wait, try HBO Go or HBO Max. It might be on there. Right, well, I got the DVDs, so I just pulled those bitches out, and I'm gonna start. Oh, okay. I'm gonna watch those. What the fuck is a DVD? Um, also, <laughs> well, I, I think it, it, I'm pretty. Yeah, because they're on Blu-rays. Um, also, I'm gonna rewatch The Wire. The Wire nice. fucking covers everything. It holds up so well. It's still covering shit going on right fucking now. So does Oz. So good. <laughs> yeah, but Oz does. But in terms of like everything going on in like the streets and all, and all this stuff with police brutality and, and the government and political shit, the wire is still covering all that shit. Also, uh, for those that are interested in uh, hearing something, uh, a NFL player, a former NFL player, Emmanuel Achu has been doing this podcast called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Person. And uh, where he sort of uh, puts like a 10 minute YouTube video. Yeah. Uh, he's a very well-spoken linebacker. Uh, uh, we lose him? Yeah, he cut out. Can you hear me? <sighs> He'll come back. Yeah, there we go. Oh, okay. Um, a linebacker from Texas, uh, really well-spoken does these two 10 minute episodes on like just common uh, questions that you would maybe ask a black person if you didn't have a, a black person friend in your life. The second episode that he just did dropped with Matthew McConaughey and it's really, really interesting. The term that uh, McConaughey put out, it, it was called like white allergy, which is something, it's, it's sort of like a preconceived notion uh, that white people have about maybe black persons or or minorities, wow. and I heard that term and I was like, wow, that's a pretty uh, new but maybe accurate term for for stuff that you have maybe in the back of your mind. Uh, like an example is like when you read like a job application and you're you're hiring somebody and you see like a, a ethnic Jake, name, like Deshaun uh, or Jaquan. Yeah, and, it, and you think like oh, I don't know if I can have a Deshaun around here and he, the way you put it is like oh you, your white allergy kicks in 
and stuff where you don't think that you are racist, but it's just in the back of your mind. So it's something very interesting that maybe someone might, might want to check out. You got to bump those numbers up. Those are those are minor league numbers. You got to bump them up. <laughs> Sorry. I love McCallaghan. He's great. Um, Old Ninja, what you got? Uh, so I just started watching yesterday Black Jesus. And this oh, show wow. is just out of control. I'm, it's funny it. because... It's uh, executive produced by Aaron Cruder, who yep. who created the Boondocks. So the show is just out of control. It's kind of sad seeing um, Charlie Murphy and John Witherspoon. They're both on the show, but they both pass away. R.I.P. to them. But the show is just crazy. It's 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 pretty funny, but some people might find it offensive. But so far, I'm liking the show. It's actually pretty damn funny. Um, like I said, I'm watching Bones and Sleepy Hollow. Um, Modern Warfare is updating tonight, literally like 10 minutes ago. So I'm going to update the game and see what this season four is all about. Um, I'm going to try to get on some uh, Star Wars with Prodigy. Um, happy birthday again, even though you're a POS. Uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, just doing some gaming. Um, that's kind of... Oh! Another thing, uh, so I guess Disney was going to release this film to theaters this week. Instead, it's going straight to Disney Plus. No Blu-ray, no DVD. It'll be on Disney Plus uh, on Friday. It is based on a series of books. It's called Artemis Fowl. It's, it's, I guess it's supposed to be a um, a series launcher, but I don't think Disney's too keen on it now but it will be on disney plus friday night full length movie it was supposed to be in theaters it'll be launching disney plus friday i plan on watching that and checking that out uh also blue's not here i know he wanted to talk about star girl i'm gonna try to do a mini review with him probably next week or whatnot there's a lot of interesting stuff happening on that show that's it good shit Carlos, what you got yeah so i think i'm actually gonna do some random talks with people i'm gonna I'll probably gonna put it on Facebook because this is what what's been insane to me. I've had so many. I'm gonna do a, a rant about this because I've always, I've obviously put about put out a bunch of uh, short podcasts and videos about like my rants. Uh, I'm gonna put one out about internal racism uh, pretty soon. I just gotta put my thoughts together about it. Um, but it's hopefully it should be a good one. But I've had so many people reach out to me privately. Asked me questions that they were afraid that they would be that they were going to be called racist about, and I was just like, they, "But you're just asking questions. Like you need to be able to." I feel like there's like a, a fear climate for people where they just they want to understand more, but they're afraid to be publicly ostracized, which we talked about earlier. You know, because people we get ostracized for doing certain things. But it's like, listen, if you're just asking a question, you want to want an honest answer, like that shouldn't be. You, you should feel so, free to ask the question. So I think I might just pick somebody randomly or put it on Facebook. Hey, if you want to have a conversation about something you're uncomfortable with saying, usually publicly, let's do a podcast about it. We'll break it down. We'll record it. And if you're still uncomfortable about releasing it, then we'll, we'll not release it. But if, um, you're, if you're comfortable after the fact releasing it, then we'll, we'll release it. it. Release the whole conversation. Because I want people to like really understand... Like that, these should be open communication lines for people. Like the, I think that what I'm realizing now, after what's happened in the past like two weeks, is that one of the best ways to 
get people to understand racism and how people really feel is to talk about it. And a lot of folks, they're either afraid to talk about it or they're too angry to talk about it. And mm. I'm not too angry to talk about it. All right. I will talk about it with you. You know, if you ask me honest questions, I'll give you an honest answer and we can move forward from there. And if you want to feel however you want to feel afterwards, that's fine. You know, um, but I will take your question as like from a neutral stance and I'll answer it the best I can. And if anybody's willing to do that with me, um, you can ask me anything. Seriously, anything you want to know about whatever. And I'll, I'll give you my, my straight up honest answer. Should we just um, ask, make them like ask B and BTIs and maybe you do an initial or we should answer it as a podcast or something? Or on a Wednesday night? Well, I think or you want to do one-on-one with folks? I'll, I want to do one-on-one to start from people that I know, mm-hmm. at least people that know me personally. You know what I mean? Okay. So like, I feel like if we open up to like the, the world, we might get trolls. You know? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, if you want to do it like that, then ask a question. Like, you can tweet or DM us a question and we'll answer on the podcast. If you, if you DM us at, like, you know, on Twitter or at, you know, be Facebook. Then, or, yeah, on Facebook or be then BTI at gmail.com. Ask us anything that you want, um, honestly. Don't ask us some bullshit question that, you know, you're not really interested in. Like, ask us an honest question and we'll answer it on the podcast, all of us. But, it, it, you know... On my personal Facebook page, which I'm not going to put out there, um, people that know me, I'll put it out there. Hey, if you want to ask a question, I'll answer. We can, we can have a conversation, make a quick little podcast. If we're not comfortable, we'll drop it. It'll never be seen. But if you are comfortable, we'll put it out there. So people can understand. I want people to be comfortable with asking these uncomfortable questions. I, I need things to be... I need, I need people to, to be comfortable with uncomfortable shit. So there you go. put that out there. Good shit. Um, for me, uh, really quickly, got birthday today. Uh, birthday love and all that stuff. Um, Why you got so many gray hairs, bro? I am. <laughs> I know, man. I'm fucking old. I'm ancient. Uh, I'm uh, off the rest of this week, so I definitely plan on doing a little bit more Battlefront with uh, Old Ninja. Maybe some Call of Duty for certain. Uh, finishing up. Uh, I'm really on a comic kick. I, I, I've absolutely loved everything going on with X Men and Hulk and Fantastic Four. So getting back into some Marvel shit, which is really really fun. Um, and I, I will also say, uh, for me at this time, um, I, I just I, I'm really proud of this show. I really am. I, I feel like we've we've kind of come a long way. I like the fact that we've responded to some of the things that have been going on. Socially, I like the good, uh, the good mix stuff. I know that we're gonna go heavy on some PS5 next week, but yeah. um, it, sometimes you have to take a break and actually address things in the real world. Oh, and here's the other thing too: I might just fucking watch some goddamn NASCAR now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I had, oh my I had god! No idea. I had no idea there was even any like a black NASCAR driver or whatever. Um, Wait, and what? not that I it has. It has to be a black NASCAR driver for me to start liking it. But when you talk about banning this Confederate flag in your goddamn stadiums, I might be down to watch some. Wait, what? You didn't watch that? Yeah. You didn't watch the MTV special about NASCAR where they interviewed the first NASCAR driver or the first black NASCAR driver, and they asked him about has he experienced racism, and he said no one said it to his face. But then they interview like the crowd, and they were just like they were drunk. 
and they were saying some crazy shit on MTV. It's an old, yeah. it's an old fucking. I, um, I feel like there was might a Richard, be VH1, but I feel like there was a Richard Pryor movie about him. Maybe, maybe I've, 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 that I haven't seen, but I've seen a preview for. But in any event, I'm literally going to watch some goddamn NASCAR this year. Right. right on. Take us on out, old Danjo, with the uh, the credits and oh, shit. Well. Alright, so you can check us out online if you want to watch the Dankest podcast on the internet. We are Black and Black Times Infinity. Check us out with B Then BTI, that's B T H A N B T I on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, or Black and Black Times Infinity on SoundCloud, uh, One Radio Republic, Spotify. Uh, check us out on Amazon we have an app on there and then our official website binheadproductions.com forward slash BZBTI and then we're also on Twitch be on the lookout for some gaming videos real soon watch more Harley Quinn